Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, The John Campy Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good things. And I'm joined today, of course, right over here, producer of Agent Cody Banks, director, writer, editor, has got projects on Netflix everywhere you go, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today? John, it's good to be here, but I'm uh, Mr. Ray Ora over here had some defeatist attitude already. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. are we talking about the Bengals? Uh, yeah, man. And I'm like, dude, I, my whole philosophy of life is wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be cool if, as much as I'm a Rams fan, what if they did win? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, they have no chance of beating the Rams. But I said they had zero chance of beating the Kansas City Chiefs. You did say that. I, I think everybody said that, so you never know. Sitting right over there, joining you guys in the live chat today, the ever-optimistic, so <laughs> thrilled about life with the Cincinnati Bengals, Ray Ora. Ray, how you doing? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and sitting beside him, she is actress, performer, coach, all sorts of things. She's a hyphenate. Yeah. We got over here, Chris Carr. Chris, how you doing? I'm great. I have four tires today, so. Yeah. Yeah. Four tires. Four tires, baby. Did you yeah. have always four wear the new best. tires? No, I only had to get one new tire. That's good. They were very nice and didn't try to upsell us. That's good. Oh, that's very good. Very sweet. Good. That's the worst. That's a great tip yeah. in life. That's always have four tires. Always have four tires. Always. It's a, it's a good thing. You, you know? can't go wrong. <laughs> you cannot go wrong with four tires. Anyway, guys, we hope you have four tires and that you are having a good day yourselves. <laughs> we're glad that you're joining us here. Here's how today's show is going to go. We break the show up into two parts in the first half of the show. We talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we take your live comments and questions. How do you get a live comment or question on? Well, number one, you got to be watching live and only if you're watching this live as we're going live. And then if you want to get in a comment or question, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature that's over there in the YouTube chat. And we'll read those off once we get to the end of the main topics. By the way, guys, if you'd like to send in a comment or question to be read uh, on one of our other shows, mailbag which we've got three episodes of mailbag up now but if you're watching the show any of the other 22 hours a day and you want to get in a question for our mailbag simply go down into the description of this video you'll see a tip link click on that there or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip you'll be getting your question read on mailbag if we deem it appropriate for our show and of course you'll be supporting our channel at the same time and all of us involved here at the john campia show thank you guys so much for your support. Also, don't forget, guys, if you need your daily fix of the John Campy Show, there is the John Campy Show podcast. In case you can't be in front of a YouTube video, our audio-only version, it's available on every one of the podcasting apps. So go to your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for the John Campy Show, and subscribe to it today so that audio goodness will be there when you need it. Okay, guys. With that down, oh, I should mention one other thing. One other thing should be mentioned here. Tomorrow, it's finally here, guys. We've been talking about it since 2018. Movie Club starts tomorrow, and we are so excited. It's going to be at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so whatever time that is, that's 7 p.m. New York time, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we are kicking off our inaugural Movie Club talking about Gladiator. Me, Rob, and Ray are going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite movies, Gladiator. So you guys get caught up. It's just like an open spoiler discussion. We're going to talk about the movie ourselves first, and then we're going to spend the rest of uh, the uh, movie club meeting taking your guys' thoughts, opinions, observations, and everything about Gladiator too. So make sure you get caught up. Watch Gladiator again tonight if you'd like, and join us for Movie Club tomorrow. That's at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, guys. 
now with all that down, let's move in to our off the tops. And we do have a number of off the tops here today. And our first off the tops is this. You know, tomorrow, the Oscar nominations come out. They do. And we're going to be talking about the final guaranteed ironclad lock predictions for what's going to be nominated tomorrow with the Academy Award nominations. But with Oscar time also comes Razzie time. I love the Razzies. You never take them seriously. They're all in fun. But there's something about it that I love. The celebration of the worst in cinema that year. Still, one of the greatest things that's ever happened at the Razzies was the year after Halle Berry won the Academy Award for Best Actress for Monsters Ball. The very next year, she won the Razzie for Catwoman. And she went to the Razzies and accepted the award, showing she is the baddest ass woman in the business. It was awesome. But the Razzie nominations have been have come out, guys. The Razzies for this year. And one of the most awesome things about it is that this year, a truly deserving Bruce Willis has his own category. Bruce Willis has his own category this year. Let's get on over and start reading through the Razzie nomination, shall we? We're going to start off with Worst Picture, Diana the Musical on Netflix. God, I watched two minutes of this, and I couldn't even, I couldn't even. So I had to get away from that. Infinite, the Mark Wahlberg, Chiwetel Ejiofor, awful film. Uh, Karen, which is one of the best hilarious trailers that you can't believe. Wait a minute, this is actually a movie? Uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy. And The Woman in the Window, nominated for Worst Picture. Worst Actor, Scott Eastwood for Dangerous. Ron from Diana the Musical. LeBron James for Space Jam. (laughs) NBA MVP and Razzie winner, maybe. Ben Platt for Dear Evan Hansen. And Mark, where's Aaron Cummings when I need her? And Mark Wahlberg for Infinite. In Worst Actress, we got Amy Adams for Women in the Window. Uh, she could be... Oh, you know, she's never won an Academy Award. She's got like five or six nominations. Why you got to diss on my girl, Amy? Come on, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, Gina DeWall for Diana the Musical. Megan Fox for Midnight in the Switch get gr- uh, Switchgrass, which she's also in with Bruce Willis. We'll talk about that again in a minute. Uh, Taryn Manning for Karen and Ruby Rose for Vanquish. Our own back woman is in there for Razzie. All right. Worst Supporting Actress, Amy Adams for Dear Evan Hansen. She, Amy Adams gets nominated twice. Uh, Sophie uh, Coxon for Infinite. Uh, Aaron Davey for Diana the Musical. Judy Kane uh, in Diana the Musical. And Taryn Manning for every last one of them. Now, this is interesting and Worst Supporting Actor. Ben Affleck for The Last Duel, which I thought he was awesome in The Last I, Duel. I did, too. Hated I, his hairdo and everything, but whatever. Nick Cannon for The Misfits. Mel Gibson for Dangerous. Gareth Keegan for Diana the Musical. And this is interesting because this could be Hollywood history. Jared Leto for House of Gucci. Now, I mentioned this could be history because... (laughs) I know what you're going to (laughs) say. There is a very decent chance that tomorrow, Jared Leto will be nominated for the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for his role in Gucci. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this will be the first time that an actor gets nominated for the same role for both the Razzie and the Academy Award. Now, I might be wrong about that. It may have happened before. I, I'm not sure. But that leads us on to what we really are here to talk about, the, the category that everybody's waiting for. Worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 film. <laughs> and there are eight of them. <laughs> Bruce Willis in American Siege. Bruce Willis in Apex. 
Bruce Willis in Cosmic Sin. Bruce Willis in Deadlock. Bruce Willis in Fortress. Bruce Willis in Midnight in the Switchgrass, which makes a, a dual nomination for that because, of course, Megan Fox is also nominated for the same movie. Bruce Willis in Out of Death. And Bruce Willis for Survive the Game. I can tell you right now, I have not heard of one of these bloody films. I don't know any of them. I don't know okay, any of guys, these films. Come on, you don't watch these trailers? Come on. Where, where are they? Oh, they're all on YouTube. Uh, yeah, no. Okay, I, I got to give a shout out to my beloved Red Letter Media guys because they dropped a video, probably in anticipation. I don't think they're, they're more giddy. They did an hour and a half retrospective on all of these movies, and it is unbelievable. <laughs> so shout out to the guys uh, that these performances. And I think Apex, John, they point out and they actually show examples of when like Bruce Willis is actually wearing earpieces. You can see in the scenes that he's got earpieces on because he's being fed his lines. They don't even wow. cover up. They don't even cover up the fact that in these movies, like Bruce Willis, he's not even like they're just telling him what to say and he's repeating it. He'll be in scenes with people. It doesn't even seem like he's acting with somebody. I love he's literally that. just repeating it's lines amazing. from his earpieces and they don't make any effort to hide them. No, you just see the earpieces and it's like I never even because I don't watch these movies, but I'm like, oh, my God. Bruce, how the mighty have fallen. Next time they're just going to put peanut butter on the roof of his mouth and dub him. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the next step. It, 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 it's, you know, it bothers me. Doesn't it make you sad? Yeah. No, no, it really does. Because, look, if he was a terrible actor, that'd be, ah, whatever. The dude. When he cares, he's a great oh, actor. Yeah. But he's just so often when he shows, shows up on shows up on set, now you can just tell he just doesn't give a crap. But listen, there are a couple more we need to look at here. I, I like some of these categories. Worst screen couple. Uh-oh. Any klutzy cast member and any lyricized for, chore, for choreographed, I don't know what that means, a musical number uh, and Diana the Musical. LeBron James and any Warner cartoon character <laughs> in Space Jam and New Legacy. Jared Leto and either his 17-pound latex face, his geeky clothes, or his ridiculous accent in House of Gucci. By the way, every, I, I mentioned this on the show the other day. As an Italian, <laughs> my, for those of you who don't know, my real name is Giovanni. My dad's Pasquale. My brother's Robert. My, my great uncles are Carlos Cigarlo, Romolo, and Vincenzo. I mean, that, that's my, my family. Jared Leto's accent is not wrong. I had that uncle. <laughs> I totally had that uncle. The only people who make fun of that of, of him acting like that are people who are not Italian. Because if you have an Italian family, you had that uncle. I did too. But at any rate, uh, also up for worst screen couple, Ben Platt and any other character who acts like Platt singing 24-7 is normal in Dear Evan Hansen. And of course, also Tom and Jerry. Uh, then worst remake, ripoff or sequel, Karen, Space Jam, Tom and Jerry, Twist, a rap remake of Oliver Twist. And the woman in the window. Uh, then we got screenplay and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, the one, the really big ones are, of course, the worst movie of the year, and of course, the category we're all going to be watching. Vegas right now is taking odds on the worst Bruce Willis movie of 2021. That's what everybody's talking about. Anyway, guys, the question is for you: What do you think about the Razzie nominations this year? Wow. Bruce Willis getting his final due of his own category at the Razzies this year is pretty awesome. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below. And let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's get to another off the top here. And that is this. There is not many phrases, words, or names that are like Voldemort, he who shall not be named, in the world of movies and entertainment. 
that sends a shiver down your spine and a little bit of a cringe on your face. That phrase is movie pass. Oh boy. Remember movie pass? Yeah. I'm out a hundred bucks. Yeah. Those extortion mobsters running, running that racket at movie plat at movie pass. Anyway, it, it, it's just saying the word to some movie fans elicits a quick sense of PTSD. I mean, it's just remembering how you got ripped off and how they try to screw over the entire industry. It was like living in an authoritarian regime. They just kept taking away parts of the movie. Pass yeah, without warning. You. you went without to the movie warning. theater. Like one day you can only go to two movies. I'm like, wait, what? I mean, if something sounds too good to be true. It's probably, probably true. <laughs> Man. That's, that's my way. See, I look at the optimistic way. You're, you're all negative. I'm, I'm living life very glass half empty. But I want to believe that Bat Boy in the Weekly World News is real. I'm that kind of guy. Oh, I mean, he is. It's there. But here's the thing. Guess what, guys? We talked about this a little while ago. MoviePass is coming back. <laughs> now, before you get too angry at that notion, though, it's not MoviePass under the name. What was the name of that country, the company again that took them over? Douchebags. Helios and oh, Helios and Matheson, right? Yeah. Helios and Matheson. It's, see, it's when Helios and Matheson took over the company that they implemented the $10 a month for all unlimited movies which we said was too good to be true, and ultimately it was. But you see, the original guy who created MoviePass sold it off. When he created MoviePass, there was nothing like it in the industry. There wasn't AMC A-list yet. I mean, the UK already had Cineworld and, and Cinepath, but here in North America, there was no Regal Unlimited. There was no AMC A-list. There was only MoviePass. Now, here in LA, I had to spend 30 to 40 bucks a month on it, but I was getting my money's worth. It, there hadn't been anything like it. It was great. It worked. I was seeing. I was saving money every month as a movie fan. It was wonderful. It was a little pricey, yes. All right. Heo takes it over. They buy it off that guy, and they go $10 a month, all the movies you can see with all these underlying plans to blackmail and do extortion on the studios and on the movie theaters <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And ultimately, it completely blew up in their face, and they lost everything. But now, the original owner and CEO is back. And he is launching what they are calling Movie Pass 2.0. And it says on the website, please join us for a special Movie Pass event at the Walter Reed Theater, hosted by original co founder and CEO Stacy Spikes. Watch online at moviepass.com on February 10th. That's this Thursday, I believe, at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That'll be noon here. There's, I have a couple of thoughts on this on the positive side i'm like you know what more choice for the consumer is good a movie pass coming back out and being healthy and working can be good for the industry number two it's not helios and matheson it's the original guy who ran things when movie pass was a good thing so that's all good too but i do have a couple of questions question number one is when Movie Pass first came out and was working, AMC didn't have A list. Regal didn't have Regal Unlimited. I wonder is there a market for a Movie Pass when a lot of these other places already have them at probably cheaper prices? So that's number one. Question number two is this. What dollar amount would you have to put on a monthly subscription to a movie pass to make it financially viable? Because here's the thing. 
AMC and Regal and Cineworld, they can subsidize those movie prices. Because you know what? Here's the thing. AMC gets $20 a month from me for AMC A-List. I go to a hell of a lot more than two movies a month. But see, by going to the theater and getting me in the doors, I'm spending more of my money on popcorn, soda, those delicious, Ray, we just had that, that chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich. Ooh. <laughs> oh, delicious. It was wonderful. You had the dibs. The dibs. As, as we were watching Jackass. <laughs> the soda, the popcorn, they have that gourmet popcorn. Now, see, here's the thing. AMC can only charge me $20 a month and be okay because I get in the theater, I'm spending tons of money. Movie Pass has no such subsidy. Every dollar they make has to come directly from their movie memberships. So I'm wondering... How much do you have to charge for that? Because it ain't going to be 20 bucks. They ain't, I, I mean, I just don't know. So there's good, they're bad, but who knows? They may be coming out here with something completely unexpected. Like maybe MoviePass is going to be reinvigorated into something we haven't even considered before, and they're just going to use the name for the name recognition. Anyway, Rob, you hear about this. What do you think about the return of MoviePass under the original guy doing it? What could it be, and does it have any chance for success? No. I, I, here, here's, here's the thing. Even when I got, I was gifted a movie pass for the holidays, and I, was, I got the year paid for. I got, it was like 120 bucks or something. Even then, when I started using it, I'm like, how do they make any movie? How do they make money on this? Because once you've gone to two or three movies, where's the money coming in from? And also, is AMC and Regal with their own movie passes now, are they going to even allow movie pass access to their theaters? They probably won't have a choice. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I wonder, and how are they going to make it work? I didn't believe their business model could work in the first place, even from the get-go. I mean, I wasn't going to get a movie pass, but when I got one, I started using it, and it was only like three or four months in before things started to go wonky. You know, then it's like, oh, you can only go to these shows, and oh, you can only go to these theaters, and oh, you can... I'm like, that is not what you guys said. So... I don't see how they're going to be able to alleviate that problem. See, the way they got around before with AMC not wanting to work with them and Regal not wanting to work with them is the movie pass card was essentially a MasterCard. Yeah. And so when you would check in on your app, right, going to a movie, movie pass deposited the exact ticket price onto that MasterCard that just looked like the movie pass card. And then you use that at the kiosk, ran it, and then it bought your ticket. So AMC had no way of really stopping you. I think they started to come up with some ways and everything like that. But I mean, I get the money-making principle because it's like a gym membership, right? You pay $35 a month. And yeah, there are going to be people like you and me and those of us in the room who will use it more than three or four times a month. But there's going to be a lot of people who pay for it, like pay for their gym membership and go maybe twice every six months, right? And that's how they were going to make money. But can they now? And then obviously it didn't work. Like you were saying, it, it, it repped a lot of people off. Chris, I never asked, have you, were you ever a participant? Did you partake in the movie past goodness? What kept you away from it? I never did it. I just didn't think it was something that sounded good. <laughs> like I was, it was very much a, I don't believe you. Okay. And now, I mean, I live walking distance to a Regal, so I'm going to go Regal Unlimited. And that way I get the discount on snacks. I'm not a big snack person at the movies, honestly. I don't like popcorn. I don't know. What? I know. I know. I don't. I'm not a popcorn person. It doesn't do it for me. And I don't like soda. And I'm lactose intolerant. So do you like, hate puppies? I love puppies. No. You know this about no. me. You must hate sunshine I just don't like salty styrofoam. It doesn't oh. do it for <laughs> me. Oh, man. Shots fired. But, I mean, like, Logan goes and he wants nachos and hot dogs. And, you know, he's, like, all of 170 pounds. So he can do that. So, <laughs> like, I like that 10% discount for him. 
uh, there's not really any benefit to me getting a movie pass. Well, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this movie pass? Make it sure. What are you expecting or maybe hoping to hear on this event they're apparently doing on Thursday? Is it going to be the same sort of thing, just kind of reinvigorated? Is it going to be something totally new? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do another off the top, shall we? We're rolling in the off the tops. <laughs> All right, guys, you know that this Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, with the LA Rams... And the, I still can't believe it. The Cincinnati Bengals. Who day? Who day? <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals are in there. And the big question for movie fans, see, Super Bowl Sunday has become a big deal for movie fans. Because over the past decade or so, that's when they drop the most anticipated, excitement-inducing movie trailers and things like that. Everybody's speculating what movie trailers we're going to see this Sunday. I still think, I think most of us agree, the top three contenders are Doctor Strange, uh, a Top Gun, and a Jurassic World. I think those are the most things. But one of the discussions we've been having around here lately has been, do we think Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power TV series, could be broadcast on Super Bowl? And, you know, Rob has felt they would. I felt they would, and I don't know why they would drop that many millions of dollars for a show that's still seven months away. And I'm happy to tell you, it turns out we were both right. We were both right. <laughs> it turns out we were both right. Which is a rare occurrence. It doesn't happen often, because here's what's happening. Lord of the Rings is going to be de debuting their, new, their first trailer, our first look, on Super Bowl Sunday. Not on the Super Bowl, but on Super Bowl Sunday. The day of the Super Bowl, they will be dropping their first trailer for the new series, which is, of course, the number one thing I'm most looking forward to on television this year. This comes from folks of Variety writing the following. The first trailer for the TV series Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, will debut on Super Bowl Sunday, Amazon Prime Video announced on Monday. The teaser will cap off the first wave of promotion for the massively ambitious show, which launches, which launched on January 19th when Amazon unveiled the full title for the series in an elaborate video that involved real molten metal. Two weeks later, the streamer debuted 23 individual character posters uh, for each of the show's central cast that focused and uh, that focused on their hands. So we knew all that. They've started to ramp up the marketing. And so, yeah, we are going to be getting this first trailer. I don't even know what to expect. I, I have no idea right now what to expect. I am dying to get a sense of what is, for, even from a cinematography point of view, what's the look of the film going to be like? What... What is the, the uh, you know, everything from what aspect ratio are they going to use to like, are they going to do like, are they going to use a 24 frame per second thing? I'm just, just the aesthetics of it. I'm dying to know the design of it. Will it be a little cleaner? Will it be a little grittier? Will it feel just like it did in the age in which the Lord of the Rings films take place? I'm dying to see our first look at these characters other than just their hands holding onto swords and seeing various rings on their fingers. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Now, look, I still think it's too early to be dropping it. The thing's seven months away, but it's they're just dropping it online, so it's no big deal. So I am dying. The, my most anticipated trailer of the year is not even going to be on the Super Bowl itself, but it'll be on something else on Super Bowl Sunday. Lord of the Rings, Rob, uh, you've heard this now, and you, you thought we were going to get a promo spot this week. I did. Here it comes. What do you think about the decision to drop it on Super Bowl Sunday, and what are you expecting to see here? First of all, unless Jeff Bezos and the entire 
cast is not broadcasting from a Blue Origin spaceship in orbit, <laughs> and they're and they're showing this trailer on the moon. I mean, I don't think that there. I don't think that there is any way at the end of the day it could be the greatest trailer we've ever seen in our lives and we're still going to go was that worth 55 million dollars an episode <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is i mean i'm telling you uh, jeff bezos could be walking across water and bringing the film elements to show them on the beach in monaco for the whatever i don't know why he would do that but if he did we're going to look at it it's still going to be it's a tv show look i want it to be great and I think in all probability, it probably will be great. But is it going to be as great as we have it in our minds right now? Could it yes. ever be? <laughs> Damn, yes. Okay. He's Hell like, I'm yes. way more optimistic about this than you. I, I, well, I'm not saying it's not going to be great. But, I mean, this is like the sec literally the second coming of one of the most beloved properties ever put on film. Well, third, if you want to count the Hobbit films, I suppose. But, <laughs> well... I mean, The Lord of the Rings is probably the greatest, most fulfilling franchise three-movie trilogy ever. Mm -hmm. There's no misstep in that. I Here's the thing. I really believe, what I'm anticipating is that we, we talk about this a lot, that today a lot of people say about a lot of TV shows, oh, they're putting movie quality into the shows now. Not really, they're not. They're really not. Their, their budgets are one quarter at best of what movie budgets are on a per hour spend basis. I think we are going to see this trailer and we are going to be shaking our heads. This isn't a motion picture. This is television. I really do. Because I'll tell you what, Rob, if you're right, I expect nothing less. I expect nothing less than to look at this and be able to swear this must be for a major wide release theatrical experience. That's the kind of look it's got to have. Because if you are spending... 55 million per episode which is which was more than double of what the previous record holder was for the most expensive television show ever it better deliver that kind of an experience and i think it will i think we're gonna watch this and we're gonna shake our heads and go what down is up up is down cats but and dogs that wouldn't that Living be together? the thing isn't that, the, <laughs> isn't that what we'd least expect like i expect this trailer to be the greatest trailer in the history certainly of television but maybe in film as well because of the anticipation. <laughs> well, remember, like, it, th I think there's still going to be like just a tease nature to it because this is still a show that's seven months away. I don't expect it to be the best trailer they're going to have. It just needs to look awesome. That's all I, I'm I need. saying. I mean, this trailer has got to do for me what the first Independence Day teaser did. Whenever, or the first Batman, Batman, Tim Burton's Batman trailer. I mean, or the trailer for Alien or even the trailer for Jaws. Come on, man. This has got to be the greatest trailer ever made. Well, all right. Okay. That's and I will be disappointed with nothing less. Jeez, man. Come on, man. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a first teaser trailer for something that's coming out in seven months. It's not going to be the greatest trailer. It's not like ever they made. haven't had a little time to work on it. Oh, I know. Do but you, you even have a Prime membership, bro? Yeah. <laughs> I do have a oh, What are you kidding me? By the way, can yeah, I just talk about that? You didn't. Can I talk about that? Isn't it interesting that Amazon announced that they're jacking up their Prime membership by 20 bucks oh, yeah. right before they drop this trailer? I'll tell you what, I'm not surprised. Because I must, I swear, I save probably about seven hundred to a thousand dollars a year just on the shipping. Oh, me too. I'm surprised they haven't raised their prime prices more. But uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So but, but a that couple hundred dollars said, lighter in the low low offers after this. Come that on being out. said, uh, I think this is this is exciting. Regardless, even if it is just a first teaser, Chris. You know, you 
where's your anticipation as the only person in the room with a pet literally named after a Lord of the Rings character? Uh, what's your anticipation level like here? How excited are you that's coming? And what are you expecting to see in this thing? I do expect this to be the second coming, Rob. I'm fully prepared. <laughs> yes. And, but literally for me, though, it could just be some hobbit feet walking across the screen. I'd be like, yes, it's going to be so good. <laughs> like, I, I'm just so excited that on Super Bowl Sunday, a day where I don't understand anything that's happening except for the halftime show, because I don't understand sports, and everyone gets frustrated trying to explain them to me. Unless, unless it's best. a WWE in the ring. If it's WWE, I know what's going on. If it's if it's other sports ball, I'm like, I don't understand the rules and no one wants to talk about it during a game. So I'm just happy that I have something that I can go look at while I eat my tacos and have a great day. What do you think they're going to show us? I mean, I just want them to expand upon the character posters, honestly. I want right, to get give a, a little, sense of who's there. Because like you guys were saying, it is so far away still. But like, we just need a little, I, I just need a taste. Right? Wait a minute. So if they just have those same images and pan up to someone's face, would that be enough for you? They just go one, two, three, It's a seven-month thing in advance. They showed you the full poster. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that money, too, is just basically monopoly money to me. I can't conceptualize $50,000 an episode or $50 million, whatever that is. I can conceptualize 50000 $50, I can. I'm not that poor. But like they they can do whatever they want. I'm just happy that more of my favorite IP is gonna be on TV again. Yeah, I mean, look, they could scratch up. Just show an elf scratching his balls, yeah. and I think for a lot of us to be like, Lord of the Rings is coming, wow. baby. Like I'll, I rewatch those animated versions of it all the time. I don't care. <laughs> I love this stuff. All right, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? The fact that we're gonna get our first Lord of the Rings actual video spot. Coming on Super Bowl Sunday, what are you expecting? You think it's going to be great? It is seven months in advance. How much can they actually show us right now? Whatever you guys think, jump into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, we got another off the top here because a whole bunch of stuff came out this morning. And that off the top is this. You know, one of the movie franchises that a lot of people keep asking to keep get revisited is National Treasure. People love themselves some Nick Cage looking under carpets and looking for secret messages in the back of <laughs> copper pennies and whatever. They love their national treasure. Now we found out a while ago that they are going to be doing a national treasure television series that is not connected, at least not directly connected to the Nick Cage character in that it's going to follow a, a female lead who's going to be a dreamer in the United States, trying to find out stuff about her history and her family history. That's what we've known so far. Well, now there's some more concrete stuff as tell you what, if you're going to add a name, this is a name to add. Catherine Zeta-Jones has joined the Disney Plus series for National names. Treasure. Oh, that's, yeah. that's three names of goodness. <laughs> yes, it is. Right there, because uh, Academy Award-nominated actor, she's amazing. I love Catherine Zeta-Jones. She's one of these names that just brings some credence to whatever project you're working on, you know? And they've announced that she's going to be in there. This comes to us from Deadline, who writes the following. Catherine Zeta-Jones has signed on as a co-lead opposite I never know I pronounced this name right, but Lizette Alexis in National Treasures Disney branded television TV series for Disney Plus produced by ABC Signature. The project executive produced by the film's producer Jerry Bruckheimer, of course, was the producer on the films. Uh, director John Turtlob and writers Marianne and Cormac Wilbury uh, is an expansion of National Treasure, the movie franchise told from a point of view of a young heroine, Jess, played by Alexis, a dreamer in search of answers about her family who embarks on the adventure of a lifetime to uncover the truth about the past and save a lost 
Pan-American treasure. Now, it goes on to talk about how Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to be playing like this rich heiress who's also a massive treasure hunter. She came from nothing. She's tough as nails. She built her own fortune. She takes no crap from nobody. So that's going to be Catherine Zeta-Jones in this. Look, I just think there's two interesting things here. One, that this is the first solid piece of National Treasure series news we've heard in a while. We haven't really, it's kind of been dormant for a bit, at least to our eyes. But two is the fact that you got Catherine Zeta-Jones in there, which I think is a big win for this. Uh, look, maybe it should, maybe it should, but I'm not going to lie. When I hear that she's in it, this show suddenly seems far lo more legitimate to me. And, and, and maybe that's not fair to everybody else who's involved and all that kind of stuff, but just seeing that she's there, I'm like, oh, they're taking the show seriously. And maybe I'm right or wrong. That's fine. But that is just my reaction. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Anyway, Chris, I don't know if you were a national treasure, you know, person or not. Is, is And what do you think about them doing it with the show version? What do you think about the addition of Catherine Zeta-Jones? I mean, honestly, leading up to this, I wasn't particularly excited because the whole joy of national treasure was Nicolas Cage saying ridiculous things like, we're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> you know, I love the antics of Cage doing these kinds of things. But this does sound really promising now. This sounds like it's going to be a really fun like historical adventure that we're going to go through. And I feel like they are putting in a lot of like really, really good cast members to elevate this a bit too. It might not be as goofy as the originals and that's what I liked, but I think it'll be a fun romp. Rob, what about you? You're, you're seeing this, the addition of Catherine Zeta Jones, like I'll be honest, I've been a little skeptical about the project in general. Like why do national treasure, but it's not a Nick Cage thing. But it does sound kind of interesting. It's, it's a kind of a different kind of approach. But adding Catherine Zeta-Jones, for me, adds a lot of credibility. How does it do it for you? Well, I just keep thinking when I saw the first Zorro movie, where it was right. the first time. I mean, I think I remember hearing Michael Douglas say something like, when I first saw her on screen or something, I had to have her. Like, And they got married. Like, he chased her down. I kind of feel that way about Catherine Zeta-Jones, even now. <laughs> even when she showed up in like... A, in high fidelity when John Cusack is going and meeting all of his revisiting all of his old girlfriends and Catherine Zeta Jones was one of them. I'm like, I get it. I get it. She might've been a bitch to you, but you're going to go try again. I get it. Cause why not? I can, if she does no wrong. I'll watch anything she's in anything. I don't care. So that's exciting. I'll watch it just for that reason. But I, I, to be honest, John, I kind of liked the national treasure movies. I mean, I think most people did, you know, I, I know fun. they probably were vaguely Indiana Jones inspired, but I they were enjoyable. You know, they were they were I liked them. I liked them. So doing a show like this, I think there's something in, inherent. I mean, if if let's if Uncharted is good, maybe treasure hunting is, is back on the menu. I got what was the name of the movie she did? The she Terminal. Was, what's that? The Terminal. No, no. This is why this show is top notch now, because Terminal did it first. They added Catherine Zeta Jones to that masterpiece. Not Terminal, Terminal baby. The one where she's a master thief and Sean Connery's. Oh, in Entrapment. 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 I remember. I can't. Ray, can you look at what year that came out? Rob, do you remember what year Entrapment came I out? I got to call early Scott 90s. Mance for this one. It was dude. like early 90s. Yeah, it was early like 90s. That. Had I, the cool laser, the scene where they had to get through the lasers. Oh, yeah, see, that's the thing. That shot, they put that shot in the trailer. 1999. 99. Oh, wow. So it's 23 years old now, that, that movie. I will tell you, a much younger John Campia. And let's let's be honest here. A lot of guys, that scene that they put in, they purposely put in the trailer where she's like contorting to get under the laser under the laser beams. It's like that was a seminal moment, I think, for a lot of young guys oh, who watch movies. Good word. But you know, then she goes on and does stuff like Chicago 
And so good. I mean, I mean, she just proved she is a dynamite talent. And now she's one of those names that carries with it a lot of gravitas. It's going to be interesting to see what she does here. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about Catherine Zeta-Jones joining the cast of the new National Treasure series? What do you think at all about the National Treasure series in general? I think it's got some promise adding Zeta-Jones adds a lot more to that. How are you guys feeling about it? Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, and before we get into our main topics here, let's take some time to pay some bills and thank the sponsor of today's show, the good folks at Manscaped. Hey guys, we want to take just a second and thank the sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. Now listen, guys, you know, it is not the 1970s anymore. It is not cool for a man just to let his balls look like the deepest, darkest jungles anymore. You want to keep them trimmed. You want to keep them tidy. And there's nothing I entrust more to the well-being of Dr. Jack Hammer and the amazing Fantastical than the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. This thing trims like a finely tuned machine for my finely tuned area. But wait, there's more. Because today I'm excited to let you guys know about Manscaped launching their new ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's not for your not so private parts. I'm talking about a level up overall hygiene routine with your favorite manly sense. Now in the special ultra premium collection, we're talking about premium Manscaped deodorant. Don't just take care of your balls. Gotta take care of them armpits too, guys. A hydrating body spray. Listen, you got tattoos or issues with any dry skin? Well, this spray on lotion is designed to keep your skin feeling moisturized, smooth, and dudes smelling fresh. And you guys have heard me talk about the body wash. This body wash was a revelation to me. I use it every freaking day. They've also got a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, plus a free gift, a three-pack set of lip balm for guys who are taking care of their lips. So here's what you need to do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code Campia, C-A-M-P-E-A at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Campia at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle. Thanks to our friends at Manscaped. All right, guys, and don't forget to use that promo code Campia over at our friends at Manscaped. Take some pride in yourselves, gentlemen. All right. With that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics in the John Campia Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? First topic comes from Benson Wright. I love the episode you did where Rob sort of broke down Moon Knight for those of us who don't know much about the character. Me too. Wondering about his thoughts on the Disney revelation that is the show, his powers are dictated by the faces of the moon. Is that consistent with what you know in the comics, or is it some artistic liberties being taken? Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Benson. And yeah, look, what we were just talking about Lord of the Rings. That's my number one most anticipated series of the year. I have not asked Rob this directly, but I'm going to guess if I asked him what was his number one most anticipated series of the year. It's going to be Moon Knight. And whether it's your number one or not, it's got to rank right up there with a lot of you guys. The drop the first trailer for it. Didn't get a lot of Moon Knight in it, but it trailer looked awesome. It looked really, really good. Oscar Isaac in there. You got Handsome Hawk as his foil. I mean, a lot of things are set up to look really, really good. 
But, you know, as Rob pointed out in that last video that you're referring to, there have been a number of different kind of iterations of Moon Knight, like yes. even who the character is, what the character does, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of us for a while have been kind of pondering and wondering, what are we going to get in this Moon Knight? Like specifically in terms of powers and things like that. Anyway, this comes to us from the folks over at the director, write the following. An article from Disney Latino gives fans a deeper look at the upcoming Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. One section of the article translated into English describes the powers that I never pronounce this right. Conchu? Conchu, yeah. Conchu. That Conchu will bestow upon Oscar Isaac's Mark Spector, one of which should be familiar to fans in the comics. Similarly, to his time on the West Coast Avengers in the comics, Moon Knight's strength, resistance, and reflexes will be influenced by the phases of the moon. The influence of the moon, according to its phases, increases its strength, resistance, and reflexes against enemy attacks. However... The most interesting detail is the Crescent Crusader having an entirely new power, allowing him to, quote, have prophetic visions of the future. One of his outstanding abilities is to have prophetic visions about future events. And that comes to us from the folks over at the Direct. Now, look, as somebody who is a Moon Knight novice, I've read a few things of Moon Knight. I don't know a ton about the character, certainly not on the level of one Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Reading this stuff seems pretty interesting. So, Rob, let's throw it over to you. The stuff that we're hearing now coming out of that Disney Latino article, is this pretty consistent? Is it really brand new stuff? And, and what do you think about it? Well, the thing is, like you pointed out, John, there are many different iterations of this character. Moon Knight originated in Werewolf by Night comics. And so he had a supernatural bent or uh, adjacent quality to him when he was first created. And he's been he's 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 a superhero that's constantly under sort of reconstruction reiteration um and when i first fell in love with moon knight he was much more of a batman-esque character and the idea of Conchu was more of a something that might have been in his mind but as the comics and the iteration of moon knight would change Conchu actually became an entity like a real he was a real god and and part of part of a pantheon of of beings so yes they changed and they gave moon knight this idea that he changes his powers and abilities with the phases of the moon came in later that was absolutely true and this idea and and i to be honest john then they they really leaned into the schizophrenic nature of his multiple personalities mm -hmm. at first they were utilitarian they were like he literally became jake lockley cab driver so he could keep his ears to the, the the streets and find out is there something I need to know and he did the same thing with Stephen Grant and his real iteration was Mark Spector and then Moon Knight was his alter ego but they changed that and they leaned into that and turned him into a schizophrenic and there's been some really interesting storylines where he believed he was characters other believed he was Wolverine at one point and it gets <laughs> it gets a little weird so all of this I find interesting and I think adding the idea that he has prophetic visions is interesting now this is new i don't seem to recall any iteration of moon knight doing that but it seems like they're really leaning in to both the schizophrenic nature and maybe more of the supernatural uh which i actually kind of like well i was going to ask you that because with with the changes coming right with them adding new elements to that as a long-term well-versed hardcore moon knight fan 
How does that sit with you that they're taking that sort of liberty? Well, I mean, it's been hard because I've liked various iterations of the comic much better than other iterations of the comic. So it's the kind of thing where whenever I read a new comic series, I'm like, I wonder how I'm going to like this. Because <laughs> a lot of them have been not as good as I would have hoped. <laughs> so I'm hoping that this will be the ultimate definitive distillation of all the various iterations we've had over the last 40 years. Um, one of the things I will say is having an, a, a, an actor like Oscar Isaac play all of these roles. I think if nothing else, we're going to get an incredible performance from him. Oh, no doubt. And as a fan, I'm hoping, yeah, that we're going to get something special. And the same way that, look, the WandaVision show might have been different than than we would have thought. Or I really thought that it was really well done. And I thought that central performance that we got from our favorite Olsen, uh, she was amazing. <laughs> she, she was great. At, you know, Ray, uh, let me ask you, like you were there, I believe with me when the first moon Knight trailer dropped and we watched it and where, where's your, cause you're, you're like me. You're not a hardcore understander of everything. Moon Knight. Where's your anticipation level like right now for this? I not that, not that great. What? To be honest. Really? Bengals are going to lose. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Bengals it's just because lose. I was I was kind of confused by the first trailer or the or the trailer, but Rob is uh actually educating me right now. Um, I gotta wait for the first episode. Wait, really. just yeah. right now? I really got <laughs> all the got, time. Rob's <laughs> always teaching. I gotta wait for the first episode to get the gist of the whole character and like the the you know just the whole like the the feeling of like the theme of the whole thing. So. I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you. I think a lot of people, because I think most people don't know anything about Moon Knight. I mean, I, would and I say think a lot of people are waiting for to see what that first episode is going to do. Even for me, like I'm yeah. curious to see where are they going to go and where are they going to start and how are they going to. I don't know. I have no idea how this is all going to work. But the moon part is interesting. The powers With thing the connecting the to the moon, because you know me and the moon. Yeah, we're yeah, like it's all we're about like this. <laughs> so that's she's cool. your harsh mistress and Oscar Isaac. He's he's almost a sure bet in any yeah. he's in. So that's that's all I have for it yeah. right now. Chris, what about you? Like, where's your anticipation level? What do you think about the sounds of these powers? Does it change your excitement level for it? Where are you at right now? I am excited because we have seen this kind of throughout the comics where the lunar cycles can affect him when he's not just like the Batman almost at athletic uh, like Olympic level athlete standards when he does have those superpowers. So I think that's fun. Um, what I was worried about going into this was that doing this dissociative identity disorder would then become some kind of MacGuffin or punchline or how right. are we going to handle mental yeah. health in a in a very constructive way, right? Um, and having Oscar Isaac in this role really does make me feel like they are going to do something really, really profound and thought-provoking here um, that I think will, will pay honor to where this comic character has been, but also take it in a direction where we can understand somebody's, you know, uh, mental state and not have that be just kind of some gimmick. I feel like it's going right. to be a storyline that has some real gravitas because this is an actor with real gravitas. I agree. John, did you ever get a chance to see the Oscar Isaac and uh, Ethan Hawke uh, reaction to the trailer? I never, I totally forgot about it's that. Great. I it's pretty great. I, I like I it just because... Uh, Are they together when they're watching yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. They're both I'm, sitting there watching it. Oh, okay. As soon as the Kid Cudi like, uh, song comes up, Oscar Isaac points it out and I was like, no way. You listen to Kid Cudi? I was like, I listen to Kid Cudi. And their reaction to seeing Moon Knight in the costume was pretty great. Aww. Oh, I have pretty not great. seen that yet, but that. I look forward to it. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. 
What do you think about the sounds of what we're going to get from New Moon Knight? Are you excited about the way it sounds? Are you a little maybe put off by the fact that they're introducing new stuff that wasn't in the comics? Maybe that's exciting to you. Whatever you guys are feeling, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, uh, side note, side note, a little bit earlier, we were talking about the Razzies, and I mentioned that this could be a year for the first time ever that an actor could be nominated for both a Razzie and an Academy Award for the same role. Well, our friend Kevin Rubio, who watches the show, wrote, just texted me and said, no, no, John, Sandra Bullock did it. Not really. Sandra Bullock was nominated for an Oscar and a Razzie in the same year, but for different roles in different movies. This would be the first time ever, I think, that it's for the same role. And they get nominated for Oscar and a Razzie. We'll find out about that in a bit. Anyway, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today? Second topic comes... Uh, co let's try speaking again. <laughs> second topic comes from Cam. Hi, everyone. Hope you're doing well. It feels like one Star Wars show that is flying under the radar is Andor. I can't wait for the show. And according to actor Stone Skarsgård, we're getting a season two. In an interview with uh, Danagus... Nyheater? Uh-huh, good luck. Oh, okay. Skarsgård said, we start with Dune 2 in July, and then in the autumn, it's time for the second season of the Star Wars series Andor. How does this news shape your anticipation of the series' potential? Thanks. You know what, Cam? You're absolutely right about this is one that's flying under the radar. Because whenever we're talking about a upcoming Star Wars shows, I always mention Ahsoka, The Acolyte, Obi-Wan, but we always forget to mention Andor. And I remember when I was at D23 and they did the big Star Wars presentation of it and they brought out, you know, Luna and they talked about it. That was the one that got one of the biggest. Pop. I mean, Obi-Wan got the biggest pop. Yeah. You McGregor was there. But I mean, there was a big, big pop for Andor. And I, for one, have been fascinated by the idea of getting into the show. Because one of the things I love about casting Andor is the fact that in Rogue One, they showed rebellions are not nice and neat and tidy. No, they're dirty and they require people to get blood on their hands. And we always see just the, the heroic people of the rebellion, but he had to do a lot of the dirty work and it traumatized him. And so the idea of looking at the rebellion from that point of view has been fascinating to me. And I've heard whispers, and we were talking about a few months ago that the people over at Lucasfilm were really happy with the way Andor was coming together. They got longer term plans. Well, apparently it really does because they've already greenlit season two. This comes to us from the folks over at Slash Film who write, Similar to the strategy implemented by Lucasfilm with The Mandalorian ahead of Disney Plus launch in 2019, it looks like Andor has already started the ball rolling on season two of the series before the first season even airs. In an interview with Swedish publication, <clears throat> my turn, Dagnus Nehuter <laughs> via Star Wars Newsnet, Stellan Skarsgård shared the news that in addition to another installment of an epic budget sci-fi film franchise on the books for the summer, Andor season two is already on his schedule for the fall. He says, we start with Dune part two in July, and then in the autumn, it's time for the second season of Star Wars series Andor. I do not know when they will start broadcasting it. It will take some time so that it does not take too long in between season one and season two. That again comes to us from the folks over at Slash Film. And I love it. I love it. Uh, First of all, because I'm very excited about this series, 
Number two, if they're already planning on shooting it, that means they're already spending money on it. If they're already spending money on it, that means they really believe in the first season that they did. I love it for another reason that, yes, I hate it when a season of something drops and then we wait two and a half years for the next season to come. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's frustrating. Knowing that they're going to be rolling right into production on the next one means we probably won't have to wait any more than the traditional year to get the, the next one in there. It also tells me that they signed all these people to multiple years, which is great. I also love the fact that it means it's not a limited series. Don't get me wrong. I like a good six-part, eight-part limited series like WandaVision was. That's great. But, you know, pepper in there some ongoing franchises. So that sounds good to me, too. I mean, you can only do Andor for so long until you get up to the events of Rogue One. And spoiler alert, his story doesn't go any further past Rogue One. So I love what I'm hearing here. Rob, you're hearing this. Are you surprised? Like with The Mandalorian, I don't think a lot of us are surprised when they said they already greenlit season two. Andor is a show that's been flying under a lot of our radars. We don't talk about it much. Why do you think that is? And what do you think about the announcement of a season two? Well, first of all, I think pretty much everyone is in agreement that Rogue One is probably the best Disney Star Wars feature film that they made. I mean, while I don't think it's a genius perfect film, and obviously it had a lot of well-reported on production difficulties. I think it's a really respectable film that looked at, like you said, the rebellion in an interesting way. It felt like a movie that was actually about war. I mean, it is called Star Wars after all. And I think that there was a lot to like there. And the idea of a rebellion coming together, being forged into what we know that was able to take on the empire. I think that's a great premise for a show. And I think it is rich with the possibility of meeting characters that we haven't met before, because both in Star Trek and Star Wars, I'm kind of tired of all these legacy characters that they keep rolling out again and again and again. I'd like to meet new characters. I think this show is going to be really rich, and I'm really excited for it. And I think what's so interesting is that it's because... Cassian and Andor's name does not roll off the tongue the same way that Boba Fett or or the lore of the Mandalorians have been around all through the Clone Wars and all of that. But I think that that once this show is on and people see it, if it gets that Rogue One feel or even take your great spy shows or whatever that you've been watching lately, whether it's a Jack Ryan or something like Zero 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 or Narcor, Narcor, Narcos, Narcos, Narcor, 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 Jump on buildings with drugs. <laughs> and money heist. <laughs> jump on buildings with drugs. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Narcor. But anyway, Narcor, Narcor. Long story short, <laughs> I'm excited for the show. I think. Uh, Obi-Wan excites me the most, but this is the one I'm waiting for next. Oh, it's okay. Maybe I'll get a re-release of that Jin Urso hot toy figure, and I can finally get one that is less than $1,000. Uh, and by the way, I love Rogue One. It's my second favorite of the Disney era movies, but I, I love Rogue One as well. Chris, uh, number one, are you even excited about Cassian? Is this one flying under your radar too? What do you think about the announcement of season two? I'm going to lose all credibility on the show today. I don't like popcorn and I'm not particularly a big fan of Rogue One. Um, You're not alone. You're I not know. Alone. And, and it'd be really boring if we all had the same taste, right? And if you love this movie, I love that for you because this is, I like the concept more than, than the execution. Like mm -hmm. listening to Rob talk about this story, I'm like, yeah, I love that. Why didn't I love this? <laughs> Uh, so that does get me excited about the possibility of this show, though, of exploring this character more, because Cassian is very interesting. I loved K2 and everything. I'm I'm really excited about that. I'm hoping I enjoy this, and I am interested to see more of this kind of world within Star Wars. So I'm hoping that this I enjoy a bit more than Rogue One. Can we please bring Mads Mikkelsen back? 
Oh, please, please, yes. please, please, because there's a lot of time they can It'd be cover. interesting. It'd be interesting. So, so many times these like rebel soldiers are like just like background characters. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm glad to see them bring them to the forefront. Rob will like appreciate this. They're red shirts, you know, yeah. and like yeah, uh, they are. You know, it's Diego Luna. You know, uh, he's what he started too. Yep, the terminal baby. Oh, I he was in the terminal, baby. It's the terminal John Campia show today. Are we gonna watch that for movie club? Because I, we I might have to we, watch I think we're gonna have Terminal, the greatest movie. <laughs> wow, you just made up a theme song for a movie that no one likes. What? No one likes <laughs> fantastic. Wow. <laughs> I I mean look, I, I dig the idea of this of this show a lot. I, I like the fact that he's gonna be in here. The, going back to Mads Mickelson being interested, but Alan Tudyk. Man, I, I still remember when he came on stage and when they announced the show, he he said to Kathy Kennedy, I think we should name this show K2 Fast, K2 Serious, <laughs> or K2 Furious. I love him. By the way, I've been watching um, uh, Resident Alien. I'm so excited that it's on Peacock. As the season like, two. I have something to use this app wait, for. Wait, wait a second. You're, say that again. I'm so excited that it's on Peacock. I, I know, but I don't think pen. I ever would have heard those words come out of anyone's mouth, and I'm happy I, to have heard I it. I am telling you, man. It, stupidest name in the history of entertainment peacock but as a service there it's great i really like it there's something i clicked on that i was going to start watching that was on peacock mm -hmm. this weekend i can't remember what well, it i know was. one thing on peacock you're going to start watching the office oh that there you go because we got uh for those of you who don't know we're going to be starting a new podcast it's called the office virgin with uh, Robert Meyer Burnett and myself, Robert hey. has never seen the office he has never watched <gasps> oh, the you're office so lucky i know right so we're starting. Am I a new, we're gonna be. Am you I? are. We're gonna be starting a new podcast called The Office Virgin. Keep you guys' eyes open. We'll we'll announce you when the first episodes are dropping on the podcast. But it's been a long time since I've been called that. <laughs> anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? That they have already greenlit Andor season two. I think it's great. Very very excited. What do you guys feel about it? Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Just to interrupt, someone in the chat brought up Glenn Close for the Razzie thing, Hillbilly right. Elegy. She was nominated. Did she get nominated for Razzie and for the Oscar? I then? believe so. That's oh. what. Uh, then that people... would be the first wow. time that that ever happened. You better not be lying, chat. Maybe you can. <laughs> maybe you can investigate that. <laughs> yeah, first, yeah, I'll right? investigate that, it. That's fascinating. That was that because that was a very, very could divisive very well movie. be. I could see that happening. Very divisive. Movie. The chat never lies. All right, guys. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, yeah, they absolutely do. A lot. A lot. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, question is for you. No, I already said that part. Let's move on to the next topic here today, shall we? Let's move on to topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This is from Ed Kramer. Hey, John and crew. Oscar season is here. Woo! Let's forget last year's show happened and look forward to a good show this year. The nominees get announced Tuesday morning, so how about a Campia classroom session to go through your predictions for the nominations for the big awards? Picture, director, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. Thanks. All right, thanks all for sending that in. And yep, tomorrow, Oscar, because you guys know the Oscars are my second favorite day of the year. Christmas number one, Oscars number two, my anniversary number three, God, I can't say that loudly. Uh, my birthday, number four. It's but a good the thing we're not recording this. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. No one will ever see this <laughs> and will never see this. Um, but the Oscars are my second favorite day of the year. I love it so much. Oscar nominations come out tomorrow morning. So I know a lot of you guys are probably in pools and things like that. So I am here. I'm your Johnny the Greek. 
I'm here to give you your ironclad lock guarantees. Guarantee. As to what the nominees are going to be announced tomorrow. Now, of course, there's five nominees in every category, except for Best Picture. That gets 10. So here they are. And then I'm going to throw it over to you guys in a bit here to get your uh, feelings on this. Let's jump on over to the Campia classroom here, shall we? And let's start going through here your ironclad, locked-in-stone guarantees. We're going to start off here with Best Picture. Here's who I believe are going to be your Best Picture nominees. Belfast. Love this movie. Kenneth Branagh, man. Mm. Licorice Pizza. Should note, I don't think it should be nominated for Best Picture. It's good. It's good, but I wouldn't personally, but I do believe it is going to get a nomination. Dune. I'm going to say something a little bit unpopular. I believe Spider-Man No Way Home is going to get a Best Picture nomination. Yeah, I I believe Spider-Man No Way Home is going to get a Best Picture nomination. There are 10 spots. It'll probably be the final spot that it gets. (laughs) But in recent years, we have seen Logan be nominated for Best Screenplay. We have seen Joker nominated for Best Picture. We have seen Black Panther nominated for Best Picture. We have seen the Academy Awards start to to move a little bit more in that direction. And that, I think, has a lot to do with the influx of a lot of new members, a lot of new voting members, younger voting members, a wider diversity base. And with the fact that Spider-Man seems to have saved the the movie-going industry, I actually think it's going to get that 10th spot. But let's continue here. So Spider-Man No Way Home. West Side Story, the movie that should win Best Picture this year, in my opinion. Don't look up. Again, not one that I would nominate, but I'm looking at Look, when you look at all the other organizations, it's there on everyone. It's going to get a nomination. The Power of the Dog. Again, not one I would nominate, but it's there. One that I absolutely would nominate is Coda. So good. That's getting on there. Tick, tick, boom. Yep. Sorry, yep. Ray. Yeah. Sorry, Ray. What was the name of that movie? Tick, tick, boom. <laughs> That's right. Tick, tick, boom. It's going to be on there. And rounding it out, I, I, I no brainer, King Richard's going to get nominated for best picture. So I got Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Dune, Spider-Man No Way Home, West Side Story, Don't Look Up, Power of the Dog, Coda, Tick, Tick, Boom, and King Richard. Uh, <laughs> your guys' thoughts. Am I? Is there an, anyone on there that you don't think will get nominated? Am I missing something that you think could get a nomination? What do you think? I don't know about Don't Look Up. See, that's, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on there, but I, it's getting nominated yeah, for see, everything. I, look, I'm a huge Adam McKay fan, and I'm obsessed with a big short. I go down big short rabbit holes every couple months. I did over the weekend. I don't know why. I, I rented it. I own it on Blu-ray. I just didn't want to be troubled to go short. get my disc, so I rented it and watched it twice. Don't I? I can't explain it, uh, but I love that film. But I wouldn't put "Don't Look Up" on that list. I could be wrong. All right. Well, we'll find out. I loved it. I think it's so timely and indicative of what's happening right now. I I would like to see Macbeth on there. Yeah, that, I, me too. I, listen, that that's one I wanted to put on there because I would nominate it for mm-hmm. Best Picture. It's going to get a lot of other nominations, which you'll see here. It very well could be on there. That could be one it's of the It's a stunning ones. achievement. It oh really is. Oh, God, it's so good. Anyway, all right. Let's now look over at who's going to get nominated for Best Director, shall we? We're looking at this. For Best Director, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Lin-Manuel Miranda for Tick, Tick, Boom. Denis Villeneuve for Dune. Steven Spielberg, West Side Story, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. I think the winner's probably going to be Kenneth Branagh, but we're not picking winners right now. We'll wait till a bit later. We'll see. Um, Lin-Manuel, though, when you're nominated for Best Picture and you're not, you have an actor nominated for Best Lead Actor, the director's number one job is to bring the best perfor- performance out of their actors. 
I think you got to get an Academy Award nomination. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda will get that. I think Paul Thomas Anderson's a no-brainer. I think Denis Villeneuve, I think people, like, you got to dag a nomination, DGA nomination. People are going to get Steven Spielberg, I think made the movie of the year and Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Any one that I'm missing or any one that I have on there that you don't think will be in there? That's a really solid list. The the chat saying Jane Campion. Oh, oh for, yeah, yeah. Or um, Power, Power of the, the dog. dog. Power of the Dog. Uh, that's one. That, and also uh, the director of uh, Coda. Um, I'm forgetting oh, the director of Coda. That's another one. See, this is the thing. It gets tight because now we're at the best picture, 10 nominees, best director, only five. Sean Heater. Or Coda. Mm -hmm. So that's the, those are a couple of your others that could be. Well, in there I think as well. Jane Campion's going to get a nomination, though. But who who gets bumped off the list between Paul Thomas Anderson, Lin Manuel Miranda, Denis Villeneuve, Steven Spielberg, and Kenneth Branagh for Belfast? Who I, gets knocked off? I think Paul Thomas Anderson would get knocked off. Really? Because Licorice Pizza, it's liked, but it's not. It's kind of a trifle compared to something like Power of the Dog. Yeah, but I think a lot of the these awards people are liking it, though. I know. And going back to John's point, too, Alana Haim is probably going to be nominated. Yeah. For Best Actress. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. So, all right. But there we go, guys. There are my locks for Best Director. All right. Let's now move on to Best Actress, shall we? Under Best Actress, Rachel Zegler for West Side Story. Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. She's amazing in that. Olivia Coleman, who, by the way, Olivia Coleman is very quietly starting to get herself into the GOAT conversation a little bit with the amount of wins and nominations she's getting. Anyway, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Lady Gaga for House of Gucci, and Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Now, there's a lot of uh, talk for maybe respect um, in there. But I think you look at Rachel, what she did in West Side Story is unbelievable. Nicole Kidman, honestly, to me, might be the best performance she's ever given. I really liked her that much in it. Olivia Coleman, Lady Gaga, Jessica Chastain. So obviously, Chris, I know you wouldn't have Lady Gaga in there I for wouldn't. House of Gucci. <laughs> Who would you put in that that list that maybe I might be missing out on? Alana Haim, I think, would be really, really great on that. Haim, excuse me. Um, she's great in Licorice Pizza. I think Kristen Stewart might get a nomination. I am not a fan of Spencer. But I wouldn't her be surprised at all. Great. Yeah. Um, that movie did not do it for me. It's the same director as Jackie, so it's that same kind I of didn't vibe. Think it was great either. It's not my favorite kind of movie. It feels like watching a three-hour French perfume ad. Um, <laughs> you say that like it's a bad nothing thing. wrong with that. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's wrong with it's, that? Well, it's it takes place over like the three days leading up to Boxing Day, and you feel like you're there. You're like, oh gosh. Um, but I would maybe swap those out. Also, I think um, that young lady who's in Coda, I think, is just so. Brilliant. She's also yeah. unlocking key on Netflix. I can't think of her name right now, but I would love to see her nominated. I've been so surprised to not see her in more things uh, or more awards shows because, gosh, she crushes it. She's so good. Uh, Rob, what about you? What about Kirsten Dunst in Power of the Dog? <gasps> Shoot, that, yeah. That's, yeah, mm. that's that's another one that's getting a lot of talk. Again, it's it's one of these things where it's like there's only five nominee spots, so she very well could be in there too. So there's that. So once again, guys, the ones I'm putting forward, though, are, are Rachel, Nicole, Olivia, Lady Gaga, and Jessica Chastain. Okay, let's now move over to the guy's side on this for Best Actor. And your nominees will be, maybe if I bring it up properly, your nominees will be Will Smith, King Richard. I don't think there's anybody on the planet that doesn't think he's getting a nomination for this. Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. I don't think there's any chance he's not nominated for this. Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. No chance he doesn't get it. Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, and Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. I think not his best performance of his life. That was in No Country for Old Men. Mm -hmm. But honestly, other than No Country for Old Men, I think Javier Bardem as 
uh, Ricky Ricardo is the best he's ever done other than No Country for Old Men. So, but that is the one, if there's any one of these nominees that could be vulnerable to another nomination, it might be the Javier Bardem one, but that's why I'm going with Rob. What do you think? Uh, I think that's a solid list. I wanted to throw someone into the actress category. Oh, okay. Uh, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Oh, yeah, that is something She's that uh, Almodovar. That mm -hmm. movie I could see winning best foreign but film. But didn't, she didn't get a SAG nomination though, did she? Uh, I don't think she I did. It's going to so. be difficult. But it's her be... performance though was. But let's stick to the actor one for right now. No, I think that's a solid list. I mean, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that you missed. What about you, Chris? Is there anybody you would swap out of there? I love this list. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch has had such a great year, too, because he also had The Electric Life of Louis Wayne, yep. which is such a beautiful film. Highly recommend y'all watch that on Amazon. And he played that wizard. Um, and he played that wizard? Which wizard? Doctor Strange. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I out. Sorcerer, well, Rob. Sorcerer. Yeah. Well, Tony Stark I, I, called him a wizard. That's, that's true. true. I immediately went Lord of the Rings. I was like, what? No, he smoked. Um, but I, I think that Denzel or Andrew's going to take it. I it Here's the thing. I am very, very torn about who actually wins. I don't know. Denzel is practically a lock. I honestly think Will Smith may actually be a lock. Yeah. Mm. Andrew Garfield, you can make a strong argument. He could win this thing. Uh, Benedict... Could be, he's been nominated before. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to put any money on this category whatsoever as no. we get into the thing. This is actually a great Oscar race, whoever's Oh, in it's it. awesome. Oh, it's absolutely. a really good race this it's year. It's awesome. All right. Let's now move into some of the supporting categories, shall we? And we're going to start off with Best Supporting Actress. And our Best Supporting Actress, your guaranteed locks to be announced tomorrow morning <laughs> for Best Supporting Actress are... Uh, Kat I always mispronounce her name. Uh, Catriona Balfi from Belfast. Uh, Ariana DeBoyce, who's so good in West Side Story. So good. Oh, She's going to win that category. Well, then you got Kristen Dunst in Power of the Dog. She's been that categorized as Best Supporting Actress this year. Oh. Rita Moreno for West Side Story. And Kate Blanchett for Nightmare Alley. And by the way, there, uh, you know who's... I, I could not believe I didn't have room to put her on this list. But um, uh, Marlee... Oscar winner from uh, Children of a Lesser God, Matlin, mm -hmm. for Children, for, won an Coda. Academy Award Coda. in 1987 for Children of a Lesser yeah. God. And now she's kind of like in everything that has deaf characters, but she's so good. So good. And she plays the mom in Coda. But I just, I really do think, and saying, John, do you really think Westside's going to get two Best Supporting Actress nominations? Listen, Rita Moreno is kind of Hollywood royalty. I think people love seeing her in West Side. I think people in the Academy love seeing her in West Side Story. So, yeah, I am sticking with this. I, this is my my list. What about you guys? Anything, any names in here that you don't think should be on the list or others you might replace with? I would boot out Kate Blanchett just because I don't think Nightmare Alley is a particularly strong film personally. Um, I think everyone tries their best in that film. Um, everyone I would, tries their best. I, I would put, it, put in Marley. Um, gosh, who else? Because she's great. She's does such a good job. And she really championed Coda. She really made sure that it was deaf actors being used. Um, there, there's a couple of other names. Um, um, who was I going to say? Oh, the one of the girls from King Richard. I know there was some buzz about one of the girls mm -hmm. from King Richard yeah. was going to be possibly one of them. Um, but yeah, I but I again, I feel pretty good about this. I think this is your luck, guys. All right. Let's move over now and look at Best Supporting Actor. And this is another tight one, to be honest with you. Best Supporting Actor, I believe your nominees are going to be Ben Affleck for The Tender Bar. 
uh, Cody Smith McPhee for Power of the Dog, Syrian Hines for Belfast, J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos. Oh my God, he is so good in so that. So good. And Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza. There are some other names. Mark Rylance for Don't Look Up is getting a lot of people talking about him as a mm. possibility. Jared Leto from House of Gucci has gotten some other major nominations already in consideration. Again, he can be nominated for the Razzie and for the Academy Award. I don't think he'll get it, though, even though it's possible. I'm going to go for Ben Affleck, Cody Smith, uh, Kieran Hines, J.K. Simmons, Bradley Cooper. Anybody you guys would replace on that list with? No? No, I think it's a pretty solid list, too. I'll I'd have to, I mean... I'm going to sound like a broken record because Coda, Troy uh, Kotzer... That, the, that's, who plays the father. Yep. I, he's amazing in that. I sobbed during his last scene in that film. And it's just it's just sweet. And I love Oscar season a lot of times is a lot of hard to watch, right? Where yes. it's just people going yes. through the most atrocious things ever. And isn't it wonderful when you watch a film that is very slice of life, especially when it's a slice of life that you are not privy to. And it's just heartwarming and beautiful. And it's just about people loving each other. Like, I just want that to win. I know that's cheesy, but All right. this performance is so good. Let's move on now to Best Adapted Screenplay. Best Adapted Screenplay. And again, this is going to be tight, but I believe your nominees are going to be Power of the Dog, Dune, West Side Story, Coda, and Drive My Car. I think that's going to be your best. That's gotten a lot of attention recently. I mean, there could be some other ones too. I Like I said, I think West Side Story is going to get The Lost Daughter is getting some attention. Nightmare Alley is getting some attention. But I believe these are going to be your five. Now let's move on to Best Original Screenplay, one of my favorite categories at the Oscars. Best Original Screenplay, I believe, is going to be King Richard, Belfast, Being the Ricardos, Licorice Pizza, and while I would not do it myself, I do believe Don't Look Up is going to get nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Be. I, I also think Tick, Tick, Boom could get a nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay. Ooh, it's, you know, it's funny because I do believe West Side Story is going to get a nomination, but it's difficult for musicals to get screenplay nominations. It, it's happened, but I feel like it's a little bit more challenging. But yeah, it could. But, but Tick, Tick, Boom is very different than the the actual oh, wait, is it based play, on a book it's based it's on a, a show so a it would be yeah, a rock yeah, monologue yeah. kind of a thing but but the but the the movie tick tick boom is a lot more than just that it goes way be it so it's it does a really great job of well let's keep our eyes on that that could possibly happen all right just a couple more we're gonna come we're not gonna do every oscar category we're just gonna do two more here one that's very near and dear to my heart because i used to work in this industry visual effects it's a tight one this is a tight one but I believe your visual effect nominees will be. Oh, sorry. I, that's next. Cinematography. Cinematography. <laughs> that's cinematography. Dune. Power of the Dog. Belfast. West Side Story. And uh, Tragedy of Macbeth. I believe these are your best cinematography things. I, I, I mean, if there's any that I feel most certain about what the five nominees are going to be. I mean, they're all a lock. Take it to the bank, guys. Every single one I'm giving you is gold. But if I felt most, if I felt 101% about something, I believe it's uh, cinematography. Any, uh, any others you guys think of? Great picks. All right. So the last one we're going to talk about now is, of course, the one that's very near and dear to my heart. It's visual effects. And our nominees tomorrow that are going to be announced will be, <laughs> let's see if I can get it here. Moonfall. All right. <laughs> Moonfall. <laughs> All five nomination spots, <laughs> Moonfall Act 1, Moonfall Act 2, Moonfall Act 3, Moonfall Credit Scene, 
<laughs> Take it to the bank, baby. Take it to the bank. Wow. Nominees are going to be Dune, Spider-Man No Way Home, Shang-Chi, Godzilla vs. Kong, and Free Guy. I believe these are going to be... Now, there's a couple here that we're not including. Eternals. I'm not putting on there. So that Eternals good visual effects, but not, not groundbreaking visual effects. There's only one visual effects category this year. Uh, it's Dune. It's yeah. Dune. It's Dune. All the way. It's Dune. It's got to be on it. By the way, another one, I, I struggled with Eternals maybe being on it. The other one I struggled keeping off the list mm -hmm. was as much as I didn't like the movie, Matrix Resurrections. Mm -hmm. Matrix, once again, has some really good visual effects in it, but I just think, especially looking at Free Guy, that was, it's such a style. It's so stylized, yeah. the visual effects in that, that it became completely immersive to me. Shang-Chi, I had just adored. Like when, when the so dragons good. show up and stuff like that, I was just breathless and swept away into the whole thing. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, Dune, God, Godzilla versus Kong, man, that fight on the aircraft carrier. Oh, yeah, dude. So damn good. But I, 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 it's, Dune's got to be. Okay, let me ask you guys this. If for whatever reason... We found out Dune wasn't going to win. Okay, Moon Knight has a prophetic vision that <laughs> Dune is not going to be the winner. All right? And it had to be one of these others. Which one of the others do you think wins if not Dune? I would give it to Godzilla versus Kong, to be honest. You know what? I would too. What about you, Chris? Uh, Shang-Chi. It's beautiful. beautiful. What about you, Ray? I would give it to Godzilla Yeah, I, Kong. I, yeah, the, look, <laughs> that movie had its issues. But it it pretty damn well looked great. Yeah. It, it, and that fight scene, I mean, the, all the different from the 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 water effects of the ocean to the creature effects to the and, and physical the miniature, whatever. It's it's pretty astonishing. And, and when when they do a close up of Godzilla's face and you see the detail in it, I I was awed by that. Yeah. I thought it was really great. I mean, it just looked good from the, the hair movement, all that kind of and, stuff. And in terms of verisimilitude, Dune is one of the most astonishing achievements I've ever seen. There's not a misstep in that whole. Yeah. It looks real. Like yeah. everything you see, it's incredible. And like the, I have to go back to Godzilla versus Kong, the emotions from a monster on the yeah. face of a monster. Crazy. That's really hard to pull off. And you could tell exactly how they're they were feeling every time one of the most ridiculous yet one of my favorite moments of the movie is when kong gets his own mjolnir <laughs> when kong pits up his mjolnir i'm like this is so stupid but man i'm eating this up this is so great anyway guys now some people are also i didn't include animated uh i mean because honestly I didn't think this was the greatest year for animation. There's a couple really good films, but not a really strong year, uh, I think. But we're looking at... Uh, Who would be your pick, Luca. though, for animated? Luca would be nominated. Belle possibly will be nominated. Luca will be nominated. Belle will be nominated. Um, Encanto will be nominated. Will be nominated. Mitchell's versus the Machines so good. should it get should nominated. nominated. That movie's fantastic. Um, Ryan the Last Dragon is one that could get... But, I mean... There's, there hasn't been an animated film this year. Like, I was really pleasantly surprised by Mitchell's versus Machines. Like, I thought that was going to be garbage. What's that playing on? I actually want to see that. Netflix. It's Netflix. Oh, okay. And it's, I mean, Anne and I watched it one night because we had nothing else to watch. Eh, let's watch Mitchell's versus Machines. Just smiles on our faces the whole movie through. You know, I'm right now the success one says Encanto. It's Mitchell's versus the Machines. Now, I don't granted, know, man, I think Bell's got. I haven't shot. seen Bell yet. And I, I was about it. to say that I haven't seen Bell yet, but mm -hmm. 
Okay, so I may have to change my mind once I see Belle. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I actually think it's Mitchell's versus the Machines. That movie is so, so smart. Stylistically, it's so cool to look at. It's just a beautiful film. It's smart. It's fun. I yeah. think that should take it. Anyway, guys, question is for you. There's really, we don't need to know what you think. Because I just <laughs> gave you the Ironclad Lock Guarantee <laughs> nomination. No, honestly, guys. What do you guys think about this? Which one of the ones really stands out to you that you think I omitted somebody that should have been on the nomination list or left out? Whatever you guys are thinking about, we'll find out tomorrow morning because they'll be announced at like, what, five in the morning? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. We, they announced we were taking. So we'll be talking about the nominations on tomorrow's John Cabe show. We will come back to see how close I got to my ironclad lock guarantee <laughs> nominations. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This one comes from Matt Johnston. Longtime fan since the AMC Movie Talk Day is here. Oh, nice. Thanks, Matt. Keep up the great work. I'm sure you've heard about it by now, but apparently a Disney Plus executive may have accidentally leaked the release date for Obi-Wan Kenobi on Twitter. They have since deleted the tweet. What do you think are the chances we actually see the return of Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen in May? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot for sending that. And yeah, look, one of the big questions in fandom, one of the big questions in fandom has been, when is Obi-Wan coming out? We know it's coming this year, right? But when is it coming out? That's what we've been asking. And obviously, people are very excited about the return of Ewan McGregor. People got really excited when they found out Hayden Christensen, good Canadian kid, by the way, that Hayden Christensen was going to be returning as well. See what kind of role he's going to play. How much will he be in it? Not really sure, but they seem to be implying he's going to be in a bunch. Because I think when they first said he was going to be back, we thought maybe one episode, he'll have like a role in one episode or something. But the more we hear about it and the more we hear Ewan McGregor talking about it, especially during that Disney Plus Day presentation, Sounds like it might be an actual really key figure in the show, which of course got people even more interested and more excited. But when? Whisper started coming out that it was May. And now it looks like the Hollywood Reporter itself is kind of affirming that May is when we're finally going to see Obi-Wan. This comes from the folks over at Screen Rant who write the following. It now seems that Obi-Wan Kenobi's release window has been revealed at long last. The internet recently began buzzing when a Disney Plus employee tweeted and then deleted that Obi-Wan will be on Disney Plus in May of 2022. This caused some confusion since Lucasfilm announced a new Obi-Wan comic shortly thereafter that also has a May release. However, sources have told The Hollywood Reporter that Obi-Wan Kenobi is indeed planned for a May release. The outlet didn't provide a specific date for its release, which will be left for Lucasfilm to officially announce at some point. So, according to all this, and again, this is not coming from Augusta's movie reviews dot fart gas station special. <laughs> this is the Hollywood Reporter is saying that they have sources telling them that it is indeed going to be May. Now, I forget. Somebody remind me. When is Moon Knight supposed to come out? March 30th. So, March. So, this actually lines up perfectly. That gives plenty of time for it to end, for Moon Knight to end, and for an Obi-Wan to, to roll into Obi-Wan, which is very exciting, I think, for a lot of people on this. So I don't know. Rob, you're hearing about this. What do you think? I'm just checking here. Uh, May the 4th, 2022 is Wednesday. Ooh. That's well, a Wednesday? Yep. Well, there's no question. <laughs> the case there's has no, been cracked. I'm just checking. There's no question. Are you serious? Are you I curious? am not kidding. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. 
It's official. As far as I'm concerned, we can, yeah. we'll call it right now. It's going to come out May the 4th. May the 4th. I mean, look, it's, it's an obvious missed opportunity on Lucasfilm's part. Is it not for them not to take advantage? Well, of there Star might be Wars some Day? overlap between Moon Knight if Moon Knight's six episodes, but I don't think they're going to care. Well, no, because like, if, do we know, do we have an exact day in March? I think it's March 30th. Oh, March 30th. March 30th, which would make it, if there's six episodes. That becomes yeah. problematic then. Yeah, but you know what? Why can't there be two shows on Disney Plus? <laughs> or, or, well, Disney just doesn't seem to do that. No. Or they do what a lot of the streamers are doing. Maybe they launch with two episodes. Right, which mm-hmm. is probably what they're going to do. Yeah. Because next week, may the 4th be with you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. How can you not? <laughs> Who knows, John, because we would do it if we ran Disney and, you know, who's to say we should give them some input. May the 4th this year brings you Obi-Wan. Well, what do you think about Okay, So now we know May. How are you feeling about the whole idea about Obi-Wan's series right now? Has your excitement been building? Do you not care? It's the thing that I'm most interested in. I think everyone and let's hope it's great. I mean, I think that the idea that that after Order 66 and Kenobi sequesters the twins away, that he has got some shenanigans he has to deal with as the galaxy is falling to the Empire. Come on, man. (laughs) What's, What's not to be excited about? I mean, I can't wait. And if they don't give it to us on May the 4th and Wednesdays have become Star Wars episode series days. Same same with. uh, I mean, I'd say instead of game day, it's game month. Oh, my gosh. I mean, May is Star Wars month. I am still having a hard time wrapping my head around this, though. Like, I, I'm ser- I'm hung up on this, and I really shouldn't be as I'm trying to pour my, my Zevi as I'm talking. But if you release this thing in May and your release days for all these shows is Wednesday or Tuesday at midnight for us, but on Wednesdays and May the 4th falls on a Wednesday and you don't line it up to release Obi-Wan on Star Wars Day, that is going to be one of the dumbest botched marketing things ever like ever is there a star wars celebration this year yes there is in Um, anaheim it's being pushed to the end of may um well mm. she thinks maybe they launch it with i stars i don't know i mean i mean i don't know if they push the end of may and the obi-wan series is concurrently running with it i mean i don't think that's a problem but you're right like how could you not release a show on Wednesday, May 4th. Exactly. Chris, you're hearing about this. What are you feeling about uh, May, knowing it's not far along? And where's yeah. your anticipation level right now for an Obi-Wan? Yeah. I'm so hyped for this show. I mean, Obi-Wan's lightsaber is the one that we have in our house. I love Ewan McGregor in this role, too. I think he's so good. He's so wonderful in this. I am going to use my Star Wars Galaxy's Edge cookbook and make some Ronto wrappers and just prepare <laughs> for this to be part of my May 4th celebration. You have a Galaxy's Edge cookbook? I do. I love it so much. What oh are Ronto wrappers? Um, so you know what? You can go get the little like pita guys over at Galaxy's Edge. Yep. Yeah. I've it's, had basi- them. it's basically like a sloppy Joe and a pita. Oh. But it's great. It's delicious. It's a bunch right, of chorizo there in there. Mm. So uh, here's the thing, though. Coming off of Boba Fett, which despite the last couple of episodes being very exciting, overall there's a middling kind of feeling on the show. Like you know the best episodes have been without boba fett everybody's really excited for a boba fett cameo in the boba fett finale uh this week which would be really interesting to see at least i hope we get a cameo of him there um this it just makes it even more important i think that this obi-wan series has to crush it 
I mean, this is the one that most people have been talking about. This is the one that has garnered the most amount of excitement and coming off the Boba Fett series. And we'll see how it ends. Like maybe the the finale will be awesome and we'll have to reevaluate how we feel about Boba Fett overall. But right now it's so you got to follow up strong. You got to follow up strong, especially if Moon Knight's good, Mm -hmm. because if Moon Knight is good and we're all kind of anticipating it will be, you can't come out and put on a bad act after that. Like if you're if you're going to go out on stage and sing a song, you can't follow, you know, the Rolling Stones and be bad because the Rolling Stones are going to make you look stupid. And if Moon Knight's good, it, it, it just puts it on it. Rob, let me ask you, where's your anticipation level right now for this as far as not anticipation, but expectation level? What do you think they're going to deliver with Obi-Wan? I, I think they're going to deliver something, <laughs> a tragic samurai tale, you know, a. Uh, in the wake of of what happens in Order sixty six and and the fact that it's it really is a story about the old way being torn asunder, you know the 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 galactic peace is being shattered, and we haven't really seen uh, what it's like. Whereas and he's Kenobi's a hunted man, you know he's a Jedi. Everywhere he goes, there could be death lurking for him. We know he doesn't die, but I expect to see some kind of really. Maybe not dark, but something along the lines of we're watching a descent into darkness for the Ooh, galaxy. I like that. And, and and he's the one man. Look, we know he winds up on on Tatooine over in a in a hut in the, in the hiding away. So whatever's going to happen, I, I I I it's not going to be it's not going to be happy, but it's going to be badass. Is what it's going to be. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? The idea that it looks like May is when we're going to get Obi-Wan, whether that's May the 4th, which seems idea, May the 25th, whatever, to align with celebration, whatever, at least it's coming. Do you guys agree that we think it's a missed opportunity if it doesn't launch in May 4th? I have to say, though, if it's not the 4th, the 25th would be the... uh the 45th anniversary yep. of the release of Star that's Wars. That's what I mentioned, yeah, 25th. It would, so, it would line up. So it's either the 4th or if Celebration is that weekend. I was going to say, I think it is. Maybe that would be the other. Star Wars Celebration starts the 26th. Well, so they, so. Day, day right beside, I'm sticking with May 4th. If it's May the 4th, damn it, make well, it May Well, there's no the better 4th. way to get the hype and, up for exactly. Celebration. Yeah, and Justine in the chat points out that um, Doctor Strange comes out the 6th of May. So it'll be like a crazy week. Uh, that, that's a good thing. Game to week. Out. Talk about those Disney game shareholders. Game week. Game week. Yeah, good, good wow. week to be a Disney shareholder. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this coming out? May are you excited for Obi Wan? Do you maybe not have a lot of excitement? Wherever you guys are at on right now, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With all that down and out of the way, let's spend the rest of our time here today taking your live comments and questions, shall we? So, Chris. What have people been firing in the super chats there? This is from Cutter Hale. Moonfall was awful. Jackass <laughs> Forever was hilarious. I've seen it three times. It never gets old. I'm definitely going to see it again next uh, next weekend. So funny. Com- completely agree. I, I thought Moonfall was awful. I thought Jackass was hilarious. I know Ray's gone back, what, five times, six times? <laughs> to see Moonfall. Just can't get enough of them, you know, ball punches and... And pain and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, but no. I love Jack. I had a good time with it. I'm glad you did too, Cutter. Okay, what's next? Sam Fisher. I binged the new Reacher Amazon series on Friday and really enjoyed it. Alan Richardson was a better Reacher than Cruz. Did you see it? And what do you think? Just so you know, 
I really, really like the first Tom Cruise Reacher movie. Mm. Not so big on the second. What was it? Never back, never backing or never, never stop, never, <laughs> never stop popping, never stop. Like whatever the name of the second Jack Reacher was never go back, never step down, never sleep in whatever it was called. But I'll be honest with you. I had zero plans of watching this Reacher. It, it just looked like a low budget, cheap thing. But I've been seeing a lot of people writing in and asking about our thoughts on Reacher. So I'm starting to think maybe I should watch it. But then, Rob, you said you've seen the first. I watched the whole thing. You've watched the whole series. The whole series. You liked it, right? I did. Now, I've read a few reviews that point out that it does sometimes descend into television cliches, which makes sense because it is a television show and it is based on a series of novels. I really enjoyed it. I love the casting, the secondary characters. I love the milieu, the sort of this this small town feel in the south i really enjoyed the whole thing and his main performance was terrific all the look anytime you make bruce mcgill some smarmy southern bad guy i'm in all uh, right i loved it next up what's up andy sends in this question just binge uh, binge watch archive 81 on netflix this weekend this is horror done brilliantly and effectively well i'm hoping for a season uh bleh. i'm hoping a second season gets confirmed now i i have not i've not gotten around to it you i've you watched the whole thing of course you have and well there is a new genre of horror that is sort of a combination of science fiction and horror elements that i think is really working and i keep thinking of of what benson and moorhead did with their films resolution and spring and um uh oh god why am i drawing the the, the last one the endless and they are actually they directed episodes of this show and i thought it really was quite good really atmospheric really creepy it's got a great cult like i told you i love my satanic yeah. devil cult it's got a really interesting premise and all that i don't think it quite stuck the landing but i thought it was really good and all it's right. really well done and there's some really really atmospheric creepy things in it all right what's next casey mack i was wondering what your thoughts of the vikings valhalla trailer netflix released today Overall, I think it looks interesting. I've not seen the trailer for it yet. I, I will let you know that um, I really liked the original Viking series with Ragnar Lothbrok, but I fell off of the show after Ragnar died in it. Mm. Um, now, Anne kept watching the rest and she enjoyed the rest. So this is set like, what, like 50 years or 80 years after the events of the first one. I am interested. Listen, the main thing that's on my Viking radar right now, though, is The Northman. I think yeah. it's like my number two or number three most anticipated film of the year. That's got my Viking attention, but I will definitely check this one out. All right, what's next? Mike Joyce, more egregious sequel ending. Moonfall or ID2? Whoo. I gotta say ID2. I mean, Moonfall, the ending was bad, but ID2 was like... It, it, it's a new category of bad, a category that has not yet been defined. So I'll go ID2. What about you guys? Dude. Which one's the worst ending? Yeah. The alien queen chasing the school bus around the salt flats. <laughs> I mean, I was like, what? After the giant egg cracker that was going to crack the egg, <laughs> egg in half cracker. or the earth in half. I'm like, dude, really? Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. All right. What's next? Andy sends this in. Have you all seen Midnight Mass yet? Thoughts? I, I still haven't watched it. A lot of people talked about it. I still haven't watched it. Uh, I, I'll have to get around. It's I good. heard it's really good. I heard it's, it's really good. good. All right, what's next? Pablo Zuniga. Did you know that in Die Hard, as opposed to the movie's title, no one actually dies with a heart on? 
Uh, that is uh, not true. I saw a, a, a very a lost behind the scenes special specifically about that. And uh, yeah, a lot of erections, a <laughs> lot of erections as they were shooting that movie. All right. What's next? Russell, Russell Amador. <laughs> what TV spots and trailers can we expect on uh, February 13th? Again, I, I, the TV spots don't know, don't don't really care. I don't know that a lot is going to be done other than maybe NBC shows. But the one I think the main front runners for movies are. Doctor Strange, Top Gun, Jurassic World. I think those are the the prime candidates at any rate. Avatar 2. And what? Avatar, Avatar 2. 2. Uh, again, I still think it's too early. But you might be right. We'll find out. All right, what's next? John Redcorn. Regarding No Way Home post credits, in my opinion, I think it's set up for Venom 3. Maybe Eddie slash Venom still travels to New York to find a Spider-Man. Bring in Garfield. Again, that is something that Rob has been prophesying, that we're going to get Andrew Garfield in a Venom 3. I certainly hope he's right. I don't think so, but God, it'd be awesome if it is. They I'll be super happy if it is. All right, what's next? Casey Mack, Disney Plus told its subscribers to beware they will be in for a scare as they just greenlit a 10-episode series of R.L. Stein's Goosebumps this weekend. So, so excited. when I was in grade school, they about once a month or once every two months, they came in, I can't remember the name of the organization, but they came in where, as kids, you could order books. Scholastic. It might have been Scholastic, All these things. And I remember one of the popular ones that was always on there was Goosebumps. Everybody always wanted Goosebumps. I never read a single Goosebumps And book. Where's Waldo? That was I, popular, too. I don't remember that one. But I remember always wanting to read Mr. Muggs. That might be before some, but Mr. Muggs. Uh, that might have just been a Canadian thing, Mr. Muggs. But at any rate, I never read a single Goosebumps. I never watched a single Goosebumps thing <laughs> until Jack Black did something or other. Yeah. yeah. But I, is that was that a big deal? I think it's goosebumps, it like actually a big deal. deal. Huge. That was so pivotal to my childhood. Also in Texas, we did this thing called Rabdar Gab: read a book, do a report, get a buck. We had to pay our children to learn, and it worked. Um, <laughs> but man, I read so many of those goosebumps books, and then the TV show was just so scary. That and Are You Afraid of the Dark just screwed me up. Oh, I love it. Well, I guess thing. Did anybody? I didn't see the Disney Plus announcement, but I've heard that they did this. So. Huh? We'll see how it turns out. All right, what's next? Russell Amador. Doctor Strange to include major cameo in TV spot? No. No. Oh, that, that, wizard that, guy. I mean, the wizard guy. I mean, they, they didn't put in any of the cameos in the Spider-Man thing. I don't think so. I no. think, though, that there's going to be so many cameos in this movie that they're going to stick somebody in there. I think we're going to see... I'm afraid gonna... of that a little bit, to be honest with you. You what? I'm a, That's one thing I'm, I'm a little afraid bit afraid of, too. of. I don't of, want it to be putting... cameo central, but yeah. I guarantee you if they show a new Doctor Strange, we're going to get a, a bonkers cameo where we're going to be like, no way. That's going to be the teaser on the trailer. They're going to show us somebody that we're going to be like, no way. Uh, I don't think they will, but you might be right. I mean, it would get, if, listen, if you're going to spend the kind of money you need to spend to, to put that trailer on the Super Bowl, you better make a pop. Think and about the audience, man. They want this audience. Yeah. They want everyone at your Super Bowl party to stand up and go, no way! Yeah, that could do it's it. It's going to happen. All right, what's next? Cutter Hale again. What wins box office next weekend? Death on the Nile, Marry Me, or Jackass? What was the best gag in your opinion? I love the cup test, but Dark Room was thumbs up. I think probably, dark, no, it was the it was the game with the flipper nutsack stuff. That was the slipper nutsack. <laughs> that, was, that was, I think, the best one. Um, Death on the Nile, I think, wins the box office mm -hmm. next weekend. Not by a lot, and it's not going to do great. But I think it'll win the box office. By the way, Spider-Man. Spider, hey, listen, say what you want about Moonfall. Moonfall beat Spider-Man this weekend. I mean, Spider-Man was in, it's like, his 23rd week. Yeah. But 
<laughs> but that, hey, Moonfall beats take it. Spider-Man. They'll take it, baby. Yeah. Moonfall came in second. Jackass, of course, came in first. Um, yeah, I think Jack Jackass will take a fifty percent drop, and I think I think Death on the Nile will probably slip in with fifteen million. It will, so it'll probably take number one. I think I'm guessing. But marry me. Don't underestimate a Jennifer Lopez rom com. Yeah. Especially so I know around Anne, Valentine's Day. Anne wants to see it. I don't know why, <laughs> but Anne wants to see it. Yeah, that's that's uh, you can look forward to that. Yeah, because yeah, if Anne wants to see it, that means John's got to see it. And Mary Me's day and date on Peacock, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, that's how I'm going to watch it. No, that's made for theaters, John. Is it? You can't do that. Cinematic today. experience. Yeah, I just, yeah. Well, J Lo. Dune of rom com. <laughs> I want a full review of it. Two. Out of the theater reaction. <laughs> well, hey, congratulations, Ray. You just talked yourself into that job. So now you got to go oh! watch it too. Yep. Now you got to go see it. Well, you got to do out of theater uh, reaction. I have to say, <laughs> I was asleep the whole time. <laughs> I mean, it's no Popcorn was good from what I remember. <laughs> Popcorn the trailers good. were good. <laughs> All right. What's next? Ben Reiner, I had a feeling about the Lord of the Rings Ring of Power teaser in Super Bowl. Seeing how much money they already spent, it makes sense to spend on an ad in the big game. It'll be quick and simple. Yes. Yeah, I know it's not going to be in the game. They're going to be they're going to drop it on Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. They're not playing it in the Super Bowl. I think that distinction was made in so, the uh, so, deadline. So what are you talking like YouTube or yeah, maybe probably YouTube, Prime probably on, yeah, on Prime. Yeah. You know, you go out and load up Prime, will say, see the new trailer now, and oh, they'll drop it on YouTube, yeah. and they'll, Good yeah. Move. Yeah, right? Like, everybody's talking about trailers that are dropping, so why spend the money when you can take advantage of that for free? And then, but, but Ben's right. I did have that thought the other day that, well, you know, if they're spending a billion dollars to make this show, yeah. what's $7 million for a Super Bowl commercial, even though the thing was seven months away? But, I mean, I think this was the best of both worlds dropping. They're going to get a lot of subscriptions in those seven months just for this show. I think you're oh, right. You know, especially if the trailer that they show, everyone's talking about it on Monday or whatever. They better. It's That's seven months to, like, double your su- yeah. subscribers. Exactly. I had canceled my Prime, and now I'm like, well, yeah. no. maybe Can I need my to, own. That's not possible anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, not anymore. That. All right, what's next? Tim Platt, you know who else didn't have a chance against the Rams in his first Super Bowl? Tom Brady. Hashtag keep the faith, Ray. Oh, thank you. That's wait, good. Wait, that's good what? thoughts. Did the did the, the Rams didn't the Rams didn't beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? Kurt Warner, not that. No, no. the the uh, The only Super Bowls that Tom Brady lost, he lost three. He lost two to the Giants and one to the Philadelphia Eagles. He won every other Super Bowl he went to. He won mm. all other seven. So, yeah, there's that. All right, what's next? Steve S., been a fan since the AMC days, John. Thank you, Steve. He was in seventh grade then. Now I'm in the middle of my sophomore year at college. Watching your shows gets me into movies. Just wanted to give you a thank you. Oh, thanks for that, Steve. And congratulations on your college career already in there, up and right. It is, listen, I'll tell you what, you know you've been doing this for a while. When I get people writing in saying, Hey, John, I started watching you my first year in high school. I'm getting married next weekend. <laughs> you know, I that is kind of cra- what's especially crazy is when I hear from people who say like we hear a lot of people saying start watching in the Collider days or AMC days. It's really cool when I hear people write in. It's like been watching you and reading you and listening to you since the movie blog days. Like when yeah. I that's those are the OG ones that really make me feel I, good. I about took that. my first steps to your YouTube videos, John. I <laughs> Some clarification on that uh, Brady thing. He wasn't favored, but yet he beat the Rams. Oh, okay. It wasn't favored. Oh, okay. Yeah, the I Patriots see. Yes. were favored against the Rams. Yeah, the greatest show on turf was the, uh, that was the, what they called the Rams at the time under Kurt Warner. All right, what's next? Brandon Blake, recently rewatched Batman Begins and Spider-Man 2. Love both, but I was struck by how much more dated the latter looks. Only released one year apart. 
I mean, because Spider-Man is using, I mean, first of all, you had Doc Ock, which was a literally a CG character, right? So, and that was in 2004, some, somewhere around there. So you're talking like 18 years ago. So of course those visual effects are going to look a little bit more. Dangerous. But also, you know, the, the whole look of Raimi's, his Spider-Man movies take place in movie world, New York, very bright colors. And whereas Batman begins is very much a realistic, more of a less fantasy realm kind of a thing. It's more gritty, more, whereas Sam Raimi's, I think the brightness of it, the colorful nature of it makes it. Yeah. And a lot more of those otherworldly kind of effects. Yeah. So, yeah. So no doubt about that. Uh, No doubt about that, Brent. All right. What's next? One more from Casey Mack. One last thing. I started All of Us Are Dead this weekend, up to episode five now, and so far I'm liking it. It's bonkers, but I'm very interested where it goes. All right. Going to say the unpopular thing. Yesterday, Anne went to Disneyland. I don't go to Disneyland anymore. I've bought, uh, I've boycotted their freaking ripoff asses. Anyway, so while Anne was coming home, I, I decided to watch a couple episodes of All of Us Are Dead because I've been hearing so many people talk about it. Meh. It's all right. It's it, but honestly, it's just another same old zombie thing. Oh, the zombies are coming! Ooh, there's some survivors trying to survive. Run! Ooh, oh no, they got one of the survivors. Eh, I mean, it's not bad. And one of the things I was telling you, Rob, before the show starts today, one of the things that I really do like about it that makes it kind of unique is it really uses it as the whole. It's a parable about the idea and a warning about the dangers of bullying and how serious it is and the effects of that, that I liked very much. I appreciated that very much and it's done well, but I'm like, this would have been better as a movie. This would have been better as a 90 minute, maybe two hour movie because by episode four and I got four episodes into it, by episode four, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can, I can see what's happening here. I don't know. What am I missing that everybody else is like going crazy? Uh, there's over? things in it though. There's things in it that I will not forget. Like in the first episode, there's the girl that's being bullied and she's going to throw herself. She's going to commit suicide. Powerful stuff. She's going to jump off. And then she, as she's about to jump off the top of the building, you see these zombies crashing through the windows yep. with students and they're, they're they're chawing on their and there's just like they come out window after window after window after window and this girl that was about to kill herself was looking down going well what the hell and i'm like that was a cool image where yeah. like well i was gonna end my life but yet now i'm watching the undead sail through the windows i was about to throw myself off and there's the several really good shots in the series yeah like I, I, I like the dad. I like, I mean, I, I like the characters and, but again, I'm watching him like it. Okay. It's, it's a zombie thing. I've only watched, I've watched, I think four episodes of it and I'm, I'm digging it, but yeah, I, you're you know, not alone. I, yeah. A lot of people really, really like it. I agree. It is. I, I want to see, cause apparently they're going to stay in the school for 13 episodes. Like I would think that place after the first episode, it's a pretty dangerous place to yeah, be. I get the hell out. All right. What's next? Kevin Cow. It's Super Bowl week. Let's go. Super Bowl. I'm so excited. Hey, it's not in my top three or four, but Super Bowl weekend's got to be right game up there, Game day, Kevin. baby. The game, real game the day. The true game day. All right, what's next? John Check. I find it hard to believe that so many people with powers are evil. Personally, I've never met a human I didn't like. Met a human? Get it? Uh, you know what? Didn't know where you're going with that, John, but I'm going to give you the approval of the drum shot there. <laughs> Never met a human. I did. That's actually very clever. Okay, what's next? Sebastian Gonzalez. 
think the Avatar The Last Airbender movie was trash in part because the showrunners were driven from development. Hope Netflix series is better because they left that too. Um, No, that's not why it was trash. It it was trash (laughs) because, listen, it is hard to make a good movie. I don't care what your original source material is. It is difficult to make a good movie. Also, M. Night was in his, the movies I make are absolute shit stains phase. The Happening. Yeah, he that that it was not happening in those days. No, it was not. Now he's been resurging. He has been resurging, which is great to see. But it, that was in that time. My God, that that movie was so bad. It's but horrible. Here's the thing. I believe in Netflix. I don't believe in them at all with their original movies. But I believe in Netflix with their original series. Their TV series, I have all the faith in the world in them. Like they have, whereas like 99 out of every every 100 movies they put out are crap. Are crap. I'd say seven out of every 10 shows they put out are awesome. That's a great click. That is a great click. Now, yeah, yeah, you're, you're going to get your death note, but that was a movie. That, that wasn't yeah. a series. But you'll get uh, your Cowboy Bebop, which uh, some people liked, some people didn't. That was fun. You'll, you'll get that. But for the most part, Netflix crushes their original series. And whether or not the original creators of the show were there or not, in fucking consequential as far as I'm concerned. I think they're going to make something great. I really do. I think it's going to be awesome. I think this is the right. Now, the only thing that would give me more faith in it is if it was at HBO. Because HBO is the only player in the game that I think does it even better than Netflix does. But other than that, it's Netflix. I don't know, Chris, what are your expectations? I have a lot of faith in this. What do you think? I don't think you share my faith. I'm very nervous because they've left. And I love this show so much. This is one of my favorite shows of all time. But the casting so far really, really has me in high hopes. I mean, Ira's going to be played by Appa. Like, yeah. oh, okay. That that the restores my faith great. a little bit. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. All right. What's next? Al Renshaw. Best actor is two, maybe three man race between Garfield, Denzel, and Smith. I would give it to Will Smith. Best performance since Pursuit of Happiness. Listen, you cannot don't overlook Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog. No. Uh, I mean, he's getting a lot of attention. And I, I agree. I, those three, I, I completely agree. But I think you got to put him in that mix. Uh, by the way, I also think Will Smith wins, even though I think Denzel should. That was, honestly, that was my favorite performance period since Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood. It's, it's, I, think, I think Denzel Washington in this movie is my absolute favorite performance in wow. any movie since Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood. I, I just think he's that good in yeah. it. Yeah. How do you make somebody care about Macbeth like that? Oh, my God. It's incredible. Well, Shakespeare did. You know what I mean. <laughs> you you're, know, not, so. you're not watching Macbeth rooting for him, usually. You're like, this motherfucker, he's going to get his comeuppance. And, and you don't does. want him to. All right, what's next? Uh, Chris Dovel, one of two. A movie with Channing Tatum as Gambit and Method Man as Bishop. They both are very vocal about wanting these roles. Written by Rob, directed by John. I'll give you these $5 to get started. LOL. Um, I would watch that movie. I'd watch that movie. Especially if we had made it. No, I, I, look, all due respect, all due respect. Um, but no, Method Man is Bishop, no. Oh, I'd watch no. it. Come on, we can make that work. If you're going to do Bishop, I listen, I've been waiting. A, and I understand he appeared in this, but the little tiny appearances notwithstanding. I have been waiting for a Bishop movie for a long fucking time. I've been wanting a Bishop movie a long, long, long time. Ever since I read X-Men Age of Apocalypse and like Bishop's role in that whole thing as, as being kind of the connective tissue between the different realities. 
And him, I have yearned and yearned and yearned for a bishop thing. If you're going to do bishop, you make it John David Washington. You make it Chuatel Ejiofor would be my. I think I just when I think of bishop, I think of Chuatel Ejiofor. But if not them, somebody of that caliber, somebody of that acting chop caliber, he's got to be a world class guy because I've been waiting too damn long. No, no disrespect to Method Man. Don't get me wrong. I. But he's not Chuatel Ejiofor. So, I mean, that's because I'm deadly serious about wanting my ambition. Dude, you go all the way back to, I remember, our 100 million view party for AMC. Ray, you were there. Yeah. One of the questions the audience asked at that 100 million view party was, what's the one comic book thing you said? I'm like, dude, forever, Bishop. Give me Bishop. But damn it, do it right. Anyway, that's my... That's my thought on that. All right. Thank you for the question, Chris. All right. What's next? Kevin Joyce, extremely excited to see you and repri reprise the Kenobi role. My most anticipated Disney Plus show. The emotional heft of this reunion slash face off with Anakin should be off the charts. It could be. Or it could be as lame as it was in the prequels. I mean, don't get me wrong. Listen, you know me. I hate the prequels. But the idea of them getting a second chance mm -hmm. at it of Obi-Wan and Vader. That's exciting. I mean, they got to break canon to do it, but fine, whatever. Well, I would like to see them, like, we'll see more of them during the Clone Wars. Uh, maybe a little de-aging is involved, but I would love to see more Clone Wars ba Clone Wars backstory that we haven't seen. Eh. Like, some between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. You're talking about the era. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that we're going to see that. I mean, we're watching back and forth on Book of Boba Fett. I guarantee you. We're going to see more of their relationship and whatever happens is going to play into the larger plot of what the Obi-Wan series is about. Yeah, I mean, look, they could be doing a lot of time stuff in this. So we because, could be you know, flashbacks. when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Who's to say they only met once as Vader? Yeah, and that was Kenobi. obviously the implied message in the original trilogy. They're breaking canon here, but that that's fine. They can they can do that. You got to do it for the sake of the show. The show comes first. All right. Exactly. What's next? City is Swift. I enjoyed Jackass forever. It was fun to hear the audience laughing and at times groaning. Likewise with Moonfall, I enjoyed how quick it felt and fun. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. One of the coolest things, this is one of the things I love about the movie theaters is that it's a big public shared experience. I told you about the slipper to the groin sketch they did. It is so funny when one of those shots happens and you can hear the whole audience go, oh, <laughs> like it's it's so it, loud. That's why it's it so loud and so fast. <laughs> It is. It's like you're watching this and having that reaction with everybody else in the theater having that reaction too. It's a lot of fun. And no no other movie can you find all the guys holding their balls while watching the movie. It's true. Every guy in that theater is like, But is that oh. something you really want? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I can think of other theaters I've been in where that's actually true. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, boy. Leave it's it been a while. You. Ah, well, can I come next time? <laughs> if that's as, how you want to put it, sure. As in hence? <laughs> All right. Maybe what, that was the wrong word. Next? Perhaps. The Mad Titan. If anyone is having trouble with the dialogue in Macbeth, watch Throne of Blood. It's Chris Howe's retelling of Macbeth. It's subtitled, but it's the same plot as Macbeth without the old English. You know HBO. what? I have never watched that one. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah, I you know what? You have a PlayStation 5. I do. I'm happy to loan you the Blu-ray. I might have to take you up on that one. You I'm not a physical media guy, but I'm... I do. Yes, I do. Oh, John. Amazing, there's... right? Those Kurosawa movies They're and Bergman so and oh. Antonioni. And... I, I, I hate to butt in here, but I just saw a review for this martial arts game on PS5. You have to get it. I What's gotta it called? Play this. I don't even remember the name. It starts with an S. <laughs> but it looks awesome. 
I'm gonna find it after the show. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of PS5, what I gotta get, I gotta get Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. I, I still haven't got that yet. I have that on disc too, the director's cut. Would you like to borrow it? The of what? Of Ghost of Tsushima, the, the director's cut. The game? Do they actually call it the director's yes, cut? Yes, they do. Is this the one that was up upgraded for the PS5? Yes. Okay, I might. Oh, have John, it's called Sifu. Sifu. It just released. It's on PC too, but I really want to use a controller. Man, that word got spoiled for me in with Iron Fist. When the lame villain in it, you will call me Sifu. Oh, the way. That he was said the it was so lame. That's what I never he, finished. That's it. what he <laughs> made everybody call him. I mean, I, I am, it's like master, right? Yeah. You will call me Sifu. It's like when you say it, it sounds lame. Anyway, okay, Sifu. All right, I'll, I haven't even seen the trailer for it. I'll keep my eyes open. Let's hope it's twenty bucks. If it's twenty bucks, I'll get it. Let's hope it's twenty bucks. Well, if it's new, it's not going to be twenty bucks. Right yeah. All right, what's next? Brandon Blake, I'm very jealous of Rob for being able to watch The Office for the first time. I'm telling you, I am too. I am so jealous because, you know, that's like we talk about that with people who are saying they haven't watched Lord of the Rings. Yet. It's like I just filled with jealousy that I can yeah. never watch Lord of the Rings for the first time again. And uh, Rob, now I I'm going to let you know, though, Rob, and a lot of people ever since I made the announcement on the community tab that we're going to be doing this Office Virgins podcast, I had a lot of people write into me and say, Make sure Rob understands that the office really becomes what it is at the beginning of season two. Oh, absolutely. Like season one is this, it, and season one is only six episodes, mm -hmm. but season one is really the show finding its own footing. But once season two launches, it's like they found their identity. They knew exactly what the show's going to be. I'm going to be honest. Season one, the first time I watched it, it was a little cringe to me, a little awkward. Yeah. Well, because I, I was later on, was I, I watched too. it later on when. You know, some of those jokes don't fly <laughs> right now. Also, I'm not I'm not your sitcom audience either. So it's, it's true. So you're not a big it's sitcom. gonna be because you've never seen Parks and Rec. You've never watched Seinfeld. Well, I've watched a few episodes of Parks and Rec. Oh, you have watched? Yeah, it. I or, love Parks and yeah, Rec. And, but you never community. watched Seinfeld. Never. I've never seen Seinfeld. I've never seen Friends. So, that's some of the big ones, but we're gonna get you into uh, the office here. All right, what's next? John, check. Knock, knock. Who's there? Earth -da. Earth to who? No, I'm from Earth 14, actually. Earth to... Nope. No drum shot for you. None. No drum shot for that one. Bad. All right, what's next? Love I you, love Pia. it because of silence. <laughs> the silence ah. just made that so funny. Lucky BX writes in, Hi, guys. I watched the original Star Wars trilogy yesterday. I respect nice. what Lucas tried to do, but I prefer the theatrical versions. What about you? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. yes. Of course. Yeah, no, look. As much as I have cried and crapped on the special editions a lot... There are some worthy, there's some well done things in there. For instance, um, Bespin, some of the exterior shots of mm. Bespin and seeing like it's actually an industrial city and seeing it come to life. I like that. Some more ambiance of whatever when they come into Moss Eisley, some of the scene setting stuff. I like that. Stuff that just adds a little bit to the environment, I think are kind of nice little things. Things that become focal points, like remember. When they're coming into Moss Eisley and the Jawas riding the big beast and they're oh, yeah. oh I don't know I'm a Jawa I'm yeah, hanging from I, it oh. like or don't even get me freaking going on Jedi rocks like I, honestly at some point look I've got a shrine in my home to George Lucas and I always will for the rest of my life somewhere in whatever house I own I'm gonna have a little shrine to George Lucas forever and always but at some point he lost his damn mind and Jedi rocks is like. The worst, like worse than Jar Jar, worse than no Jedi Rocks, I think is the worst thing he ever did. 
Or even while it's kind of cool at first to see, oh, there was a scene between Han and Jabba. No, you should have left that on the cutting room floor. I mean, yes, the original theatrical release versions. Uh, and, and they got rid of Yubna. <laughs> they got rid of... Celebrate the love, John. Celebrate the love. With freaking Zamfir. That doesn't sound like a fucking celebration. But that's not a bad that's not song, like though. Sleepy time music. It's not bad. <sighs> but it isn't the original. But the original theatrical. Yes. That's the way. Yeah. That, that, this, this is, is the, the way. way. <laughs> this is the way. All right, what's next? John, check again. What do you call a Batman that skips church? Christian Bale. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, that's, like that's that not way. bad. Okay. okay yeah, baby. All right, I'll okay. take Christian that. Bale. I'll take that. That's good. not bad. That's like good. That. That's not bad. Considering like every Sunday when Ann and I wake up, say, what's up today? Well, my mom wants me to go to church with her. So yeah, Christian Bale. <laughs> Christian Bale. Bale. That's not bad. All right, what's next? Chance, who sends in $99.99. What? Thanks, Chance. Chance. Thank you so much. Wow. That's incredibly generous. Thank you, dude, for supporting our show on that level, man. What does Chance have to say? Love the show, John. <laughs> I just bought my first two Funko Pop. Nice. I got Jack Torrance from The Shining and Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Oh, those oh, are can... a couple of good ones. I will get behind those choices because you know what you got to get now is the Mads Mickelson Hannibal Lecter oh, Funko yeah. Pop. Then you, I mean, I get that serial killer pantheon. Well, I guess Jack Torrance isn't. Well, I guess he is. A, eh. I'd put him That's in a good one, though. Yeah. Those are good pops. Uh, but but listen, uh, Chance, seriously, uh, it's always amazing that that people like to support the content that they like watching. Uh, and you just supported us on a huge level. And that's incredibly just so on behalf of not just me and everybody else on the show, on behalf of the community that watches the John Cabe show. Thank you for supporting us on that level, man. It's incredibly generous. And you've opened the door to a larger world in your adventure now on collecting Funko Pops. Sorry, but the water, the dam's been busted now. You're going to find yourself buying a lot of them, but that's okay. It's only like 12 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what happens. You're like, it's it's only 10 or 12 bucks, and then you just start spending and spending. And spending. Okay, yeah. so here's the thing. Back in the AMC days, so we had, at, at the height, we had like 22 people working for me there. But when it was like 15 of us or whatever, Ray and fact checker Jonathan and Dennis. Dennis no, no, Here here's the real story. I was Real in the man, I was in the middle of Dennis and Jonathan, and I looked on their desk and they had these wall of Funko Pops. I was like, "What are those?" They started saying, "Oh, they're cool, whatever." Blah 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 blah. And then, within a month, I ordered the biggest order on Amazon. <laughs> I think about forty pops, but the very first one I got was Apollo Creed, and just so I could, you know, join that little in thing with sure. our group, you know, and that's what started it. And then, so I blamed them. I blame them. Well, and then the same way I have to blame you because I'm watching all these guys in the office buying all these pops, buying all these pops. I never, I never got one. So one day during their lunch hour trip over to Hot Topic, which is what they did like every day, yeah, they would like it, all baby. go over to Hot Topic and they would always come back with new pops. One day Ray comes back with two supernatural pops. He's got one of the brothers. He's got Castiel. Um, and... He comes back with these two. I'm like, well, dude, thank you. Like, cause he knows, he knows I love supernatural. I'm like, thanks man. And I put them on my shelf. I'm like, wow, those look good. Within a month, <laughs> I, know. I had like 30. <laughs> I know. Like within a month, I had you like got 30. some good ones though. Those, oh, I did. All yeah. those ones are pretty high in price now. 
Are they? Yeah, yeah, especially the supernatural ones, I think. Oh, yeah, like, especially with the series ending. But I got, anyway, yeah. so welcome, Chance, to that brand new world of yours. And again, thanks for supporting on this level, man. That's really generous of you. All right, what's next? Stubble McShave. When watching Gladiator, make sure it's not glad he ate her. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a very different type of movie. I don't think Rob has Rob. a speaking talk in that one. <laughs> Rob, out of all the jokes, I thought me and you... That one no, good. no, that we'll one. let that one go. But we will, we will make sure we that Ray doesn't get the wrong stubble, one. stubble. I'm ashamed of you in your homeland of Sweden. Come on now. I need a joke meter. A joke meter. We give that one a six raise on the joke meter. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw. Why wasn't Thunder Force nominated for a Razzie? That is oh, a very is, good question. They forgot about it. Yeah, it was forgot. I have an argument against this. What's that? Because there's three people that I know watched it. Two out of those three actually liked it. So Would maybe you, it's not as bad as you like. Oh, like, no, it is. Let's I haven't clear. seen it. I can't judge. Let's but all clear. I know is two out of three people that I know watched it liked it. So. Two, two out of those three people also enjoy shoving ice cubes up their bum. <laughs> Just curious. Well, hang the on third on a person like didn't like it. Yeah. Hang on a second. We're not going to kink shame anybody. How are we kink shaming anyone? Not <laughs> at all. how it's done. All right, what's next? But boy, Bronze won. Hey, John, I know you were an extra on Jumper. I live, I live that movie. I like that movie. The books were great. I would love to see it adapted for a new generation on a streaming service. Thoughts? Listen, the story of Jumper is is actually a pretty cool story. It is. With Hayden Christensen, good Canadian kid, shot in Toronto, Ontario, which is around where I lived. And yes, I got to be an extra in that thing. I got to be in a couple of a couple of shots. Um. Can you remake it? I, I don't think you can redo it, at least not now. Maybe in five or ten years from now, a little more, more distance between it. But I would like to see somebody take another shot at yeah, that. There's a I'm lot back. of good stuff in that movie. I don't think yeah. it entirely worked. But it's, it's some really cool concepts. Yeah. And, uh, all right. By the way, I think we skipped one on John Redcorn there. If you want to take a... Just before B-Boy Bronze won. Isn't just, he after? Will there uh, be a Moonfall spoiler talk? Isn't that him? Yeah, that was, that was before on mine, but okay. Oh, it's after on mine. All right, it's fine. Um, John Redcorn, will there be a Moonfall spoiler talk? Oh, this is an easy oh. one. Hell no. The movie spoils itself. But yeah, the, 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 the title of the movie is Moonfall. What do you need us to spoil? Yeah. No, no spoiler discussion for Moonfall. All right, what's next? The Mad Titan. There's an anime called Kaiba. It's a Masaki Yusuf anime. It's trippy as balls, and it's like Star Trek, Alice in Wonderland, and Altered Carbon's Love Child. Okay, so clearly I know okay. nothing about this. Me neither. I'd watch Really? Sounds... You're the anime person. I know. This sounds dope, though, so thanks, The Mad Titan. Thanks for putting it on the radar, Mad Titan. All right, what's next? Raymond Verata. Are the Rousies expecting Bruce Willis to attend? This category is a waste of space if Bruce doesn't attend. I'm telling you, he should not only attend, he should host the awards this year. Mm -hmm. If he wants to have balls like Halle Berry, mm -hmm. he should not only show up, he should write to them and say, can I host the awards this year? I think that would be awesome of him. You know, he's he works with the same producer making these movies, and he's made that guy's making bank. Oh, of course he for is. For like a few days worth of work. So we might not like those films or whatever, but he is getting paid. Listen, Bruce Willis already knows his legacy in Hollywood's already cemented, and he can do all this crap because he knows no, nobody watches it, so no one's going to think of any of these eight movies. Like five years from now, when people think of the career of Bruce Willis, we're going to be thinking about Die Hard. We're going to be thinking about Moonlighting. We're going to be mm. thinking about uh, the fifth, element. fifth Element. We're going to be thinking about these soon. We're not going to be thinking about this crap. And he knows that. So we can just take the paydays. It just, it just, he never, I don't even read the scripts before he shows up. Oh, 
Why would why would I? Yeah. Why he doesn't he? have to memorize why, you know, them. He doesn't I mean, have to do that. <laughs> nothing to do. All right. What's next? Rhett Proctor, I absolutely cannot wait for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I grew up watching Ewan McGregor, but I'm way more excited to see Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader. I wonder who's doing Vader's voice. It is funny that nostalgia can make things really change perceptions. Nobody was hoping to see Hayden Christensen again. And I say as a good Canadian kid. And by the way, his role in My Life as a House, I think he got a Golden Globe nomination for that. that. He's, he can be very, very, very good. But nobody was wanting to see him as, at that. But now you get like well, people that grew up separated. People that were kids and saw those movies when they were kids, just like we did when we saw, you know. Some of them at any rate. But, I, but I'm finding even people who, look, even somebody like me who acknowledges those movies are absolute garbage. The idea of him getting another shot at it and something that will probably be better. Yeah. I, I get excited about it. I think it's a pretty cool thing. I hope it does really well. All you right. You get two shots. You only get one shot twice. Yeah. And this is his second chance. All right. What's next? J.R. Wheeler. I can't be a crew. New Reacher show on Prime is fabulous. I've been binge watching it and it makes Cruz's Reacher look silly. Watch it. You won't be sorry. I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the, at least the first of the of the Tom Cruise Reacher films. But oh, you guys have convinced me. Y'all have convinced me. I've got to check this out. I think, you know what? I'm going to do that later tonight. Well, it depends on when Anna and I get back. The thing back. is, but the character of Reacher is much more true to uh, Lee Child's novels. Mm -hmm. Which you know to me doesn't matter. Like, all I care about is how does it come across on yeah. screen? I don't care. But if everybody's saying, including you, is saying that's good, I got to give it a shot. And I really love the supporting the, all the other casts. They really cast the show well. All right. I'll have to check it out. What's next? Peter Cunnington. Where was Thunder Force at the Razzies? I, that, that's, these, the answers <laughs> must be given. Who paid who off? How much did Melissa McCarthy and her director husband pay off the people at the Razzies to leave us off this list? I got to know. All the money. All the money. <laughs> All right, what's next? Diala Shore, any chance that March Movie Madness attorneys can return? Those were so fun. It would be fun to redo comic book movies. So many have come out since that tourney. Other ones could be fun too. Listen, don't laugh. I was, last night, uh, Ann and I were, were out having dinner last night, and we saw some of the, the basketball going on, and, and I thought last night, I wonder if we should do the March Movie Madness tournament again this year. Maybe. The, the only reason I hesitate is because you have no idea how much work is involved in those March movie madness tournaments, especially for Ray. Like it's, it's a, it's an ass load of graphics. Yeah, but it'll be, it'll be better now. I mean, that, that was the first time I thought I wasn't getting any sleep that week just because it was like such a, everything had to be like uniform with each other. You know what I mean? But now like that, I have experience in it. It won't be as bad, but you know, it will take some time. It would, it would take a lot of work. Plus there's all the polling that needs to be the done. Polling and, is the, the, and then the collecting that, that data understand. and the trans nope. it's, but I, I am considering it. I have to decide what would the topic be? Cause we, we've already done March movie madness, things of greatest comic book movies. We've already done March movie madness of greatest villains. We've done March movie madness of greatest animation. We've done, so I'd have to, I'd have to come up with something. I don't know. Maybe enough more. So many more comic book movies have come out since that one. Maybe we do that they one have. again. I don't know. We'll greatest think about Oscar it. winners. Greatest Oscar Ooh. winners. I don't know if that one would be a popular one with people, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. All right. What's next? John Redcorn. I don't know what's worse for LeBron space jam, sweeping the Razzie noms or just how bad the Lakers currently are. I'll tell you what you can break down the Lakers problems into two words, Russell Westbrook, the highest paid player on the team shooting like the other night, shooting one for 10, five points, 
multiple giveaways, Ugh. and the only player on the team to finish with a negative in the plus minus. That guy has been a bust. And, and he's a former league MVP. So I don't know what's going on with that. But I, yeah, he probably doesn't care about the Razzie nomination that much. All right, what's next? Stumble McShave. Must voters in Willis's category see all his movies? I think that's the beautiful thing about the category. No, you don't. You just pick random one random one. They're all the same. They're all the same. The performance is at the same level. There's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. All right, what's next? Uh, Helena Pajau. Hey, guys, I heard Chris talking about BoJack Horseman and just wanted to ask all of your opinions on it. To me, it's one of the best shows ever. Thanks. Never watched it. Ah, oh, it is great. It is rough to watch, especially at the beginning. Um, it is a searing look at Hollywood and entertainment culture through animals. Like it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so well done. I've has any of you either of you guys ever watched it? I saw Never. the first episode. I, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about because right off that episode I could that makes sense. You see it's, where it's going. Yeah. You, Rob? Me either. At some point I'll have to get around to watching it's that. It's great. Free All churro right. is one of the best episodes of television to ever happen. So good. All right, what's next? Um, Andy, one of three. Random is movie- there Sam Malabi, or is that after That's free- after him. Okay, go ahead. Um, random movie crossovers, Fantastic Four and Where to Find Them. That's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. The Lord of the Rings, The Two Popes. Eh. Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ring. That works. Thor, Love and Tropic Thunder. I like that. I like that. Old Twilight Boy. Old Twilight Boy. We Bought a Zoolander. Yeah. Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skyfall. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. That's good. Kingsman: The Golden Shower. No, just Terminator no. Three: Rise of the Hot Tub Time Machine, and my fave: Batman v Superman Sex Tape. Which of these random crossovers would you look forward to most? I think my favorite one they had on. It still might be Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four and Where to Find yeah. Them. I, I kind of like that one. That one's pretty good. I have to be careful not to chime in on these things. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 very, very true. Think about it in your head. I do. I thought about it in my head, and I'm like, I hope not to. Yeah. There's that filter between the brain no and the more, mouth. No like more. I'm not making that mistake. We again. often forget to use it, but sometimes we remember. To I mean, use I'm it. still thinking back to the the Marry Me movie and my J Lo jokes, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> anything about him <laughs> all right what's next sam malavi jared only would be the fourth person to do it james coco did it in 1981 for only when i laugh amy, I, amy irving did it in 1983 for yentland glenn close did it last year for hillbilly elegy there you go a little bit of history lesson wow. on the, on the thanks sam so wow. wow that many times actors have been nominated for both an academy award and a Razzie for the same movie very thank you sam well done that's our comment of the day wow right there with sam well done somebody sam. Del- delved deep 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 undercover points yeah, hufflepuff the real fact checker right there. the real fact checker jonathan would have got that <laughs> jonathan would have got that all right thanks sam what's next jesse keller i agree with chris about popcorn sorry guys lol no yeah. what well, no, thank no, you no, jesse no, granted i don't really have a love of popcorn per se mm-hmm. at the movies popcorn of course as i've explained many times is nothing but a butter delivery device. That's fair. I soak my pop. Like what I have to do with Anne every time, we get a big thing of popcorn, right? Then we ask them for a little carry tray box. Mm-hmm. I have to pour some of the popcorn into that for Anne because she cannot stomach how much butter I like put on the sink. Yeah. So much so that I created this technique that is now all over the internet, your welcome world, where I take a straw. This is so bad. Stick oh, yeah. it to the end of the butter dispenser, mm-hmm. then put the straw into the, near the bottom of the of the container. So you've got to have a nice even flow of butter. And then I need help sometimes. Sometimes I can do it with one hand. But 
then hold down the butter dispenser and then you move the bucket around and lower the bucket so butter starts to be distributed evenly all throughout the the uh, popcorn so listen what an efficient diarrhea delivery if system. you are not seeing <laughs> grease stains coming through the the popcorn bucket you don't have enough butter in it yet it is a butter oh. delivery device you know what yeah you okay it reminds me I'm, I'm i'm andy from parks and rec the chris pratt character one there's one episode that say what's your favorite food oh i like buttered popcorn and i like buttered pretzels I like toast with butter and i like wait a minute butter is my favorite food damn right chris pratt <laughs> Damn right. Butter and bacon are my favorite foods. All right, what's next? Stubble McShave. I found the Rings of Power posters gripping. I get it because of the hands. And, uh... All right, what's next? Seymour Boots. Saw Moonfall Saturday in 40X. I think it might be the concussion I got from the seating speaking, but it was a fun experience. Dumb movie, but fun ride. Uh, you have the same thoughts on it, right? I did. I mean, I you know what? I'll enjoy anything that has space in it. Mm -hmm. I'll watch. And it had space from the beginning and space in the All end. All the way through. Uh, listen, I, space, 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 space. I said this coming out. I thought the movie's trash. But I always have fun going to the movies. Yeah. And I had fun going to the movies that day. I wish I'd seen another one, but... It did not have one. a giant alien queen running after a school bus. That's true. So that was something. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Ryan Lohner. I suspect at least part of Boba Fett's plot issues are because Cara Dune was supposed to be in it and they didn't have much time to rewrite it. I, I do not believe she was supposed to be in it at all. Now, they were angling her for Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah. That was supposed to be there. And then that show obviously got uh, scamanced. But but no, I do not believe Cara Dune was ever intended to be in Boba Fett. All right, what's next? Rep Proctor, I wonder if Amazon will also drop the Boy Season 3 first trailer on Super Bowl Sunday. Ooh. If they do, I can't wait to see the first footage of Soldier Boy. Ooh. Because yes. they've been putting out some promo material for that, too. They very well could do that. Oh, man, that would be an exciting day. By the way, I just want to bring up So So Toys is doing Homelander. Yes, Ooh. and he's called, what's he called? He's called, uh, I forget. I look at I, the face I, sculpt on it is amazing. Yeah, I pre-ordered that as soon as they dropped it. But it's called... It's called something Lander. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. John um John Lander. Maybe or... it's just called Lander. No, no, it's something Lander. That's what they called it. Mm. This is the same. So for those of you who don't know, you didn't hear me and Rob talking about this, but there's a company that does one six scale toys like hot toys. It's John Lander. John Lander. Okay. But they are not licensed. So my buddy Ryan got this awesome gambit figure. It looks amazing. Rob has this gambit figure too. Except they can't call him Gambit. It's called Cajun Card Dealer. Okay, yeah, and he comes with an entire deck of playing cards, of one six scale playing and, cards. And, and they have a Green Arrow one. That looks amazing, but they call green him the Vigilante. Green Vigilante. They have a Robin, but they can't call him Robin, so it's Boy Vigilante. And then they, they come up with all these fake names they for They have Billy the Butcher for the other guy in yeah. the boys. But they what's got... the name for Billy the Butcher? I can't remember what they call the Billy. Oh, oh. Maybe they just call him the Butcher or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. But it they all these crazy hack names is kind of they're they're asylum for one six collectible figures. Uh, and they just put out Herman, which That's is of Jack course Earl Haley as Rorschach. They but the toys look legit. Oh, they're great. They look so good, and they're half the price of hot toys. So I'm I might have to Ooh. buy myself a couple of these. Okay, what's next? Al Renshaw. Chris. I hate movie theater popcorn and drinks. Internet, time to create memes. Jack Sparrow running away on the beach, smirking guy with swords pointed at her. Make those memes. Bring them. Bring it on. Hey, listen, but we found out she's not alone. 
Yeah. I mean, listen, if it wasn't for the butter, I probably wouldn't get the popcorn either. That's true. Logan did get this stuff at Trader Joe's that's like that cheese uh, shaker because he's trying oh. to convert me to being a popcorn person. So maybe maybe if I have enough cheese on popcorn, I'll I like will it. say AMC started selling their gourmet popcorn. Yeah. That's their their uh, caramel. The caramel corn's good, not as good as the arc lights used to have been. But they also have a cheddar popcorn that they never had before. And I got to say, AMC's cheddar popcorn, I would eat that at home. Like, yeah. I don't eat movie popcorn at home. I go, to, I just eat popcorn at the movies. But if I had that cheddar popcorn at home, I would eat that stuff. Right. That was pretty good. You know, I'm a butter fan the way Marlon Brando is a butter fan. There's a deep cut for you movie fans. <laughs> All right. What's next? That Connie is sending in a $5 super chat. And oh, that's just to be supportive. Yeah. And that's it. That's all we have. And guys, that'll do it for today's episode of the John Campia Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show a part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the comments and questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campia Show. Thank you guys so very much. For your support don't forget guys another john cabe show comes out tomorrow and also at 4 p.m pacific standard time tomorrow we're doing our first meeting of the movie club and we are talking about gladiator so if you haven't seen it recently go and get caught up on that and join us for the live stream of gladiator i want to thank the people sitting in the room with me first of all right over here mr robert meyer burnett robert where can people find you online uh, you can find me on instagram at robert meyer burnett find me on twitter at burnett rm or on my own youtube channel the burnett work and of course sitting across from him is the one and the only ray aura ray where can people find you that's ray aura with a zero and right beside him we got Chris Carr with all four tires. Chris, four where can people find you? <laughs> on the open road. Uh, you can find me at, at actor Chris Carr on both Twitter and Instagram. And also, if you like Parks and Rec, I just got to be on my friend Holly Constance Parks and Rec podcast yesterday, Parks and Pals. It's a really great recap where she talks to a lot of the other actors from the show. And of course, you guys, that sounds awesome, by the way. Of course, you guys can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter simply at John Campia. That'll do it for us for today, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye bye. <laughs>